What's up, everybody? Welcome to Common Sense Podcast. I hope you guys are all excited for today's show. I know I've been excited all week, just waiting for this, ready to rock and roll. Like I said, this might be the hottest, controversial podcast we've done yet. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. There's no telling where this shit's going to go. But from the pre-conversation, it is. And it's that's gonna exactly go what yeah. the hell we want. We are uh, really racist. Yeah, we, we almost said we were just going to stop like talking, but we couldn't even stop talking before we got on the show. So. No holds barred today. No holds barred. So, everybody, please welcome Tim Young to the show. What's going on? Welcome, my man. How are you? Uh, good. Once I learn how to use my phone and share the link to this, that's what yeah. I'm, I'm trying to help. I'm doing my part. Yes! He's putting it out on Twitter. Yes. There we go. It should be there on we Twitter go. now. There we go. Twitter. Well, welcome to the show, Tim. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the cigar. By the way, I get why you gave me the cigar, right? Like, it's yeah. It's got, it's, a, it's got a Rupal on here. Is this 25 Rupals? I don't know. It's that's what the, the million, maybe. I, I don't know. The trolls claim I get paid this. I, I'm apparently part of the Russian Federation. I didn't know about it. Yeah, well, the trolls are going to be excited now. I'm feeding into this. Yeah. I had to get you the most political cigar I could find. I, I mean, love this, by the way. It's a great cigar, too. Yeah, they're very good. Uh, but by the way, I uh, years ago, in 2016, I was invited to speak at a free speech conference by the Russian Federation. They had my contact information. Nice. And they reached out. And I, I reached out to my friends at the White House. I go, is this a good idea? And so one of them, one of my friends worked in defense intelligence, the other one worked in security at the White House. And it was like a wife and a, a husband, and they both argued over whether or not I should go over there. The husband was like, absolutely, you're going to be honeypotted. Just take, we'll give you devices to go with. Don't take your own devices. And then she was like, absolutely not. You're going to be honeypotted. It's going to ruin your career. And I'm like, oh, well, I should have gone. I, I, I don't think it would have hurt you for some reason. I feel like you would have rolled right through it, and it probably would have got you like another million followers. I actually, so... I spoke at, I wish I had a million followers. Uh, my Twitter, by the way, is just, I don't know what's happening over there. It's all slow now. Like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like, I think there are still bad people at Twitter that hit the button. I had to pay attention to him because I don't mess with Twitter a whole lot, but then I you saw You don't drive a Tesla. And I was Buy like, a Tesla and watch what happens. I got to mess with this. Like, I got to at least, like, tag him and, like, promote the show on here so you could share it because I was like, I don't your see Twitter following is insane. I don't see any of my notifications, by the way. I have no idea. And it's weird, like... So when uh, Elon started saying about, like, he was going to buy Twitter when he started playing with that, yeah. my following doubled. Like, I, I got, I went from, I was, like, 400000 I remember spending a ton of money at a uh, bourbon bar because I was celebrating 400000 Yeah. And within the next three months, I had 700000 Wow. And I'm like, shit. And then now it's like I can barely get 200 followers a day on Twitter because something's somebody's hit the button over there for a little bit. We'll see Maybe where it goes. Maybe you should tweet Elon. I mean, you guys chat back and forth. like He has. So I actually uh, – God, I hope I don't sound like – well, whatever. I just sound like an asshole. And when you say I hope I don't sound like an asshole, you sound like an asshole. Uh, it's like, <laughs> I don't, no, I don't mean to brag. No, uh, so Humble brag there. I was in a bunch of news articles. I think it was Christmas – because uh, he responded to an article, and somewhere, and people started asking him questions about politics. Like, I guess it was a slow night for him. Yeah. And they asked him if he, who he would support or if he would support DeSantis in 2024, and he said yes. Okay. So that was, like, that was in a response to my stuff. So. All right. So for those of you that don't know, and it's not obvious, Tim is a political comedian and does all kinds of stuff with politics and comedy. Yeah. So. If you don't get that, this show's going to probably be really rough for you. Like, if you guys take this real seriously, I mean, have at it. I mean, I I can't wait to see the comments on this show just because I think it's going to be funny. Uh, Like we were talking about when you first got here, I follow your Instagram before I even knew who you were because until Evan came around the lounge, I didn't know who you were 
but I followed your Instagram because his Instagram is Tim runs his mouth. Yeah. And anybody that knows me, I tend to run my mouth quite a bit at certain times. And the guys were all like teasing me at work. Like, wow, this dude like stole your handle. That would have been the perfect handle for you. Like Garrett runs his mouth like that. I'm surprised more people don't have that. Yeah, I know. Why not? It's, it's genius. It's not stealing it. It's my mother yeah. used to tell me I, I, I ran my mouth. And so it was actually uh, back before liberals totally took over colleges. I had Tim runs his mouth on uh, on Twitter. That was my first thing in like 2009 or something like that. And there was a college marketing class that took me on as a project from like Towson University or something like that. And they took me on for free. And they were like, you should name all of your stuff Tim Runs His Mouth. That was the big takeaway was name yeah. everything Tim Runs His Mouth and go brand it because they were like, that branding is great. And I'm like, oh, okay. So thank you to a liberal college class who like <laughs> took me on as like a side project. That was like their, their marketing thing that, that it, semester. It created all that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure now somebody can tout that. But like, it's just interesting that like that it would never happen now. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So... Before we just like dive in, because this is just going to be like off the cuff like it normally is, but I mean, why don't you tell everybody like a quick little synopsis of how you came to do what you do today? I don't know. Like, wait. I mean, I really don't like, it's just one of those things that just happened, and then when you like, when you're in it, like you can't get out of it. Like I pressed, it's like driving in New York, right? You don't step on the brakes. If you step on the brakes, you get hit. You have to keep hitting the, uh, the gas pedal or yeah. else you're fucked. Or a horn. Uh, yeah. Uh, both, both, yeah, right? And, yeah. and I guess that's the run-your-mouth part is that I'm doing both at the same time. Uh, I wrote my first op-ed when I was 14, uh, published, and it was, uh, I was I was complaining about a science teacher in my high school who would take kids away for the weekend to his cabin. Turned out he was a child molester, and I got him fired. Wow. That was my very first writing at 14, and he ended up like turning tricks in like the Sears bathroom at the mall down the street from me after he lost his job. He got arrested. He got picked up on that. That was my first. That was my first op-ed. I don't even know what to say to that. That's wild. So uh, then I ended up in law school. Somewhere along the line, I ended up in law school. I was writing. I always kind of kept writing here and there and whatever. Uh, internal Capitol Hill. Um, and then I like I've always just kind of been a stand-up comic. I haven't obviously been as successful as a lot of stand-up comics, but, like, I've got my own niche, and so, like, I speak at conferences and colleges. Where and did that start, though? Like, did you just one day decide I'm going to yeah. be a comic, or? Oh, no. So there was another comic named Tim Young, and uh, there were two comics. I know that Tim because Young. I was trying to find some mm -hmm. of that stuff, and yeah, that he his shit pulled up a lot, and, like, you guys don't look anything like. I was like, this is not Tim People Young. People think I'm him, though. That's weird. He started wearing the black rim glasses. I don't think he needs glasses. He started wearing the glasses when I start, started doing black rim glasses. Ah. I think on purpose. He does cruise ships. Yeah. That guy does okay. cruise ships. That's like the, um, I mean, I'm sure it's a good living. Yeah. I just, <laughs> don't like, want to do cruise ships? Have you ever seen a comedian on a cruise ship? No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, that's his thing. But like I saw him once on TV when I was in college. I was like 21. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think he was funny. And so I started doing stand-up. That's literally it. I just thought I was funnier than him. And so I went up and did that. And uh, I've, done, I've done comedy clubs. I've done that. But, like, for me, uh, I'm lazy and it's more bang for my buck to just do. Um, and I want an intelligent audience. So I, I've stuck with uh, political conferences, colleges, and, uh, and private events. And, uh, and that's it. And so, like, I don't perform as much as I want to. I just did my special, of course, that uh, you guys didn't watch. And uh, it's free Working on, on it. It's free on it's, Rumble. It's because I'm, I'm not doing the Rumble thing yet. Like, it's coming. It's free. I, I know, but I'm trying to work a 
deal with Rumble and get like well, set up with them. You let me know when you get a deal with Rumble so I can get a deal with Rumble. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to get it like worked out. And I was like, until they do that, like I'm not signing up. Like the guys were even giving me shit on the Bad Words podcast because I haven't. They're launching that tonight, and I was like, they're like, you're gonna watch it. I'm like, yeah, when I set up my Rumble account because I'm just not doing it yet. Uh, the trailer for the Bad Words podcast sort of looks like it's porn. It does. At the beginning, it's a little weird. It does, little and everybody's seedy. all. That's a little weird. Like I like it's, and I'm in it. I didn't even know I was in the trailer. Did you know I'm in the trailer? I saw, I saw it, yeah. I know I was in the trailer for the Bad Birds podcast. They need to let me know. <laughs> I have to license my likeness for their promotion. No, I think I, uh, so. <laughs> Especially if you're wearing your no hat. That would be... Was I wearing my perfect. no hat? No, you should have been. That would have been perfect. I haven't I been wearing it out lately. I don't know. Where, where did that be, start? Like, what, what is that even It's for? my tattoo. I, I know it's your tattoo, there. but like, what? Uh, uh, it's, my na- it's my favorite sentence. Okay. It's the most respectful thing, I think. It's the most respectful sentence uh, in many, many languages. Because you're not wasting anybody's time. If you don't like something, you just say no. You get, you get it over with. Uh, saying no has benefited my, my career more than anything else. Um, it's just, it really is. I think it's respectful. I think it's, it's short. It's to the point. And, uh, I mean, like I said, if I didn't turn down lots of things or be told no lots of times, I wouldn't be where I am. That's awesome. Like, that's, a, I think that's a super important lesson for everybody, too. Like, just say no. Say no, and no doesn't always mean no, apparently, in the, well, in the politics world. <laughs> no is just a lie in politics most of the time. Like, we're not going to do that. Yeah, you are. That's like a, <laughs> that's a thing. But no, I mean, like, so my career really, like, and, and it's, it's weird because um, I, I don't know how I got to certain places. And sometimes, you know, you're in the middle of it just trying to find a job, and you end up in a weird place, like, networking, and then you get involved. Yeah. So, like... When I was in D.C., the, my first run in D.C., I, I did uh, stuff on Capitol Hill, and then I, I did some little bit of journalism stuff. And I would hang out at the National Press Club in D.C. because I didn't live there, and it was cheap to hang out. It was like 19 bucks for out-of-state members. Mm-hmm. And because I went to enough events, one day they were like, you want to be young member chair here? And I'm like, okay. And like literally, I was just showing up for free food and drinks, right? Like, it's, yeah. I was poor. And so I ended up being the representative for all media under 35 for like two years and uh, ran for cl- club president because I wanted to audit the club because I saw how much money they were like taking from people. And uh, boy, did that, you want to talk about rigged election. I realized, when I speak about a rigged election, YouTube, it's not the, it's not for you guys to get, but it's the, the press club election that I was in. It was, I was blown out of the water. You would have thought that I, like it scared the shit out of them that I would come in and uh, uh, audit the club. They had a Norman Rockwell. They had this massive Norman Rockwell painting that they sold for like five or fifteen million, some crazy amount of money, and nobody knows where the money went. Really, like it was like a whole thing. That's it like insane. Really it's like there's so much shady stuff. It's it's like the shadiest thing, and I wanted to audit it, and they didn't. They wanted none of that. Turns out the media doesn't want to be audited. I can't imagine that. I, you know, I, there's uh, what was it you said? And I really like this. It was in one of the video clips, I think, on your website. It could have been YouTube. I don't remember off the top of my head. But it was where you were kind of like the show you did with the guy where it was almost like you were on the news. I was on the news. Oh, Fox 5? Was it on my the Fox 5 Yeah, show? yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Okay. And you were like, I think it's funny that everybody takes things so seriously when we're talking about the news, but the news is media and the media is entertainment. Yes. Like, why is everybody taking the news like the news is still actual reported news? It's entertainment. I love that show. That guy ended up uh, getting me fired because he thought I was going to take his job. Holy shit. That's a whole thing. By the way, that's something that not, I, uh, I know that guy's... Uh, actually, so his ex is going to be in my wedding party. 
and uh, when we finally have a real wedding, because uh, we're like common law married, but like um, in Texas, our, <laughs> we, we use yokel laws to get married uh, where we are. Nice. Um, but uh, his ex is in my wedding party, and he was like, that's what that dude does is like, when he feels threatened, he like comes up with reasons to try to like push people out. Literally, I did not want his job. I didn't even want to like do like the stuff at the local, and he's going to be at that local station forever. But uh, it was I would come in on Fridays and ratings would go up on the show, and it worried him. I can imagine, like, because like what you did was entertaining and funny. Like I was, I was drunk. I was sitting there watching it all day long, and I was like, like while I'm trying to do work and my day job, and I'm like watching this in the background stuff, and I'm just laughing my ass off. And everybody's walking by my office, like, "What the hell are you listening to?" I'm like, "Oh, it's my guest tonight on the show." They're like, "Really? Like that's that's where you're going tonight?" I'm like, "Yep, yeah, that's where we're going tonight." I was most of the time. So so they had me on Fridays. This was amazing. I love doing this. So uh, I was a Fox employee. Fun. Um, and that's actually how the Trump campaign got to know me too, because I asked to do a, uh, I did a segment called Take Tim to Work There, and I wanted to come hang out at the Trump campaign for a day, and they were afraid of media, and I just did a podcast with the former, like one of the former heads of comms for the, the Trump campaign, and they were like, dude, if we would have known you, like the way that we know you now, you would have been, that would have been awesome to come in and like fuck around. I'm like, well, yeah. we might have another chance, but things are very, very serious now with everything, but that's a whole other conversation. Mm. Um, but... So I would go, and I did this really shitty show that I used to call uh, We Can't Afford the Rights to Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> and so they would just bring in the, the people from the – and I think a lot of places had these, like, local shows where they just bring in everybody, and it was called, like, Like yeah. It or Not, right? And so they'd be like, uh, Beyonce has a new album. What do you think about it? And I'm like, I hate, who gives a shit? Like, I yeah. don't care. Like, there's bigger things in the world. So that was me then. And then I'd have four hours off, and I'd have to come back for a show at, like, 11 o'clock, Right. So in those four hours, I would either go see a movie or some combo of sometimes I'd go up. There was, we were in kind of like a bougier part of town, and I don't know why I'm telling you this. Uh, I just love getting this on the record. I would go up the street to the, uh, the Cheesecake Factory, and you're a bourbon guy. Yeah. Uh, the Cheesecake Factory, most Cheesecake Factories do not sell their uh, bookers. Their bookers is 14 to pour most places. I think it was 12 where I was there. And they had a booker, so this was like 2019, 2020, before okay. COVID really hit and we were still going. Yeah. They had a booker from 2014 sitting on the shelf, and I would go and I was the only person who would drink it. So For $14 for yeah. mm-hmm. So I would go in and drink two or three pours of bookers and have like <laughs> some chips, right? Because I'm spending the money on the drinks and nothing else. And then stumble home, and the stumble home, stumble to the studio to go do the thing, and I'd be like on... And not remember anything I said. And, like, so, like, I was on, and then I'd, like, afterwards be like, well, I didn't say anything bad, right? And they're like, nah. And I'm like, great. Yeah. See you next week. But, my, but there was even, what was even worse, there was one time uh, I went, I, I did my, I did two pours of bookers. I'll never forget Two pours of bookers. And I'm walking down the street, and it was all, like, these, like, corporate, you know, chains. So, like, one of them is, yeah. Ma, it's Maggiano's is, like, a national chain, yeah. right? So I leave Cheesecake. I'm walking down. The manager from Maggiano's goes, Tim Young. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like you should come get a drink. What are you doing now? I'm like, nothing. So like he remembered me from TV. He brought me in. We're talking it up. I'm having a great time. I had three more old fashions. So I had two bookers, three old fashions in like a two and a half hour period, probably another shot or something. Cause like we were just hanging out the yeah. every time. And then I went to the studio <laughs> and did the show. I wish I remember. I should have recorded when I was like, soup. I had to smell like liquor roll, rolling into this place. And it was just a great time. Yeah. Did, but so yeah. that's, uh, and I used to get paid for that. Yeah. I'm in the Screen Actors Guild for that. I mean, you even did like, you did Navy SEAL training. I mean, like, I watched yeah. you do Navy SEAL training. Well, I did. That, that was awesome. I have gotten beat up and done all sorts of 
awful things. <laughs> well, because like I don't take myself seriously either. Like I know, you know, I know where I am and I know what I can do and stuff like that. And I know the reach and blah, 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 whatever. But like, I don't take myself seriously. I, I hate myself. My parents taught me to hate myself real well. So it's, I, it comes off well on camera. <laughs> so, so where do you, like, how do you generate your content? Your, your like, when you're preparing for a comedy show or something, like, it just seems like it's so natural for you. To, like, do you have to spend a lot of time, like, prepping and playing jokes or, like, do you more just, because I got the impression, I, I'm curious to how much time you actually spend like prepping for this and None. doing this, like, because it's like, you just, you get fed so much content from what's out there. It's just like, you openly talk about it and it's like, maybe not that controversial, but the minute you say something about it, all of a sudden it's controversial and now it's gonna be huge content. Yeah, uh, so that last comedy show, it probably took me, just as much time to write it as performing it. So I did 72 minutes, I cut it down to 52. And the hardest part was putting it in a cohesive flow because it's a lot of different thoughts and it's kind of like just piecing it all together. Yeah. So, but like, and people, I don't think people sometimes understand what I'm trying to say because I really, even though I am conservative, um, I, I mean, I don't know that either political party matches me anymore. And we'll see where that goes because I think I've always leaned libertarian. We'll see what happens with that. Well, I think you kind of drew the line in the sand when you put your last book out. I mean, I hate Democrats. I hate Republicans. Look at so you, you did you did fucking research. Huh? I had I, this, you know what? And it's funny. And you asked me when you came in. You were like, "So is this like planned? Like, what are we going to talk about?" I was like, "Not really, but I, I'm going to be honest. I probably did more research just because I didn't know much outside of following your Instagram about you. You know, we have and a Instagram is a bad representation. Yeah, but we have a mutual friend, and I only got to see like 15 minutes of your show when you were here. Yeah, I had other things after doing my show here. You were out there; they were doing it out in the lounge. I couldn't stay that night. There were like storms and shit blowing in. And it tonight was like, there's a storm blowing. Yeah, gotta, like you bring them when you come, I, do. I guess. It's, it's, yeah. it's my luck. It's, it's the Tim Young storm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I didn't get, I just didn't know a lot. And it was like, all right, where am I going to take this? Because this is not my, I mean, I, I can't even say it's not my typical podcast. I mean, like this is what we do. We just sit down and have candid conversations with people and yeah. smoke cigars and drink, whatever, hang out. like, And let hopefully people learn some stuff from it. But no one's learning anything from me. Oh, they're definitely learning stuff. Like, I mean, uh, I'm sure my nephews are going to be hitting me up later and going like, can we talk to him on the Creators Factory and blah, 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 blah. It's, it's coming. I'm, I already I'm told I have to do everything now, so I'm in. Whatever it is. I, yeah. I was told the, the fiancé is the manager of the... Uh, mm -hmm. Sorry, the I have to get used to saying the wife. I'm so used to saying fiancé when we go to things, but really we are common-law married. Uh, and I have to say that on the podcast so that it holds yeah. up for insurance. There you um, go. You're publicly saying it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, like, so people sometimes miss the nuance of what I'm saying. And, and it's interesting because I, I think that the media has become so black and white and they feed things to idiots yeah. all the time. Um, that, like, so in my stand-up show, I talked about the trans thing, which to me, I don't care what people want to do. If you want to pay me $2 million to be on a Bud Light can and wear a dress, I'm in. Um, and <laughs> the, I think that... Yeah, I'll just say that with like a straight face. Like, I don't, you I don't said care. that so nonchalant. Like, yeah, if you want to pay me $2 I mean, million, dollars, I'll wear a dress, I'll wear whatever. Yeah. I, it doesn't you know give a shit. I mean, like, come on. They got fat chicks in Gatorade commercials saying they're healthy. Like, come on, I'll put on some spandex and get in there too. Like, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to be, 
I don't care. If the money's right, I'm in. Uh, but uh, there was a piece that I did that really threw people, and they were like, you're pro-trans and you hate conservatives. I'm like, no. So I did this bit, and I fleshed it out. We cut it a little bit because we were actually worried about how it would be received. Yeah. Um, I'm tired of – there are a lot of conservative commentators that talk about Dylan Mulvaney the way that I talk about frozen yogurt when I'm on a diet. <laughs> you know? Just do it. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I just think about it. Like, just – and it's kind of like you guys are really obsessed with like, you know, like I, I don't as a Mets fan, I hate the Phillies. I don't obsess with the Phillies fanatic. Right. It's yeah. Like, but the, the Phillies are who put the, the puts the Phillies fanatic out there. And like this part of the organization is part of a bigger thing. I, I can't hate Dylan Mulvaney. I just can't. I don't like I don't care. Dylan Mulvaney is getting paid good for whatever he or she decides to be. I don't care. Yeah. That's like it's. But if you're shaking your ass in front of kids, I got a problem. Yeah. You're telling me what I have to, what I can and can't say. I have another problem. That's it. That, That's where it begins and ends with me. Yeah, I, 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 I'm right there with you. Like for the most part, like I really don't give a shit. Like gay, straight, whatever. Like I have friends in every category. Like it doesn't matter to me. The only time I've ever made it an issue or I take issue with it is it's the one that wants to push things so far. Just to see how uncomfortable they can make you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, if, yeah. if your purpose is to push your agenda only to see how uncomfortable you can make somebody else, uh. I take huge problem with that. And, and same thing with what you were saying about kids. Like, I got in a huge debate recently with a friend. With a, with a, with a friend. And it was like, I don't have kids. I don't have kids. They have kids. And I, I made some comment about the whole trans thing and all that. And I was like... My only problem is like, you're, and you made a post about this recently about like, they're not out like going to senior citizen places yeah. and like yeah. trying to promote whatever. Yeah, no. Why are you promoting to young children that like haven't even experienced life, haven't gone through puberty, have no idea? I mean, most guys, like, I think it's funny, and I tell friends all the time, or the younger generation, or my nephews, like, you shouldn't like try to get married or like do things until you're like at least 27. You turn 18 and you think you have the world figured out. Then you wait to turn 21 and you turn 21 and you're like, oh, I can do everything now. Yeah. And then you graduate college or you get into the professional world and you start doing things and you're like, oh, I have it figured out. Then by the time you turn 27, you realize you still don't have shit figured out. That's true. So why are you making like huge life altering decisions, you know, anytime before that? Yeah, yeah, no. Um, God, I didn't have my life figured out until I was like 20. So I was valedictorian in my high school. Again, sounds like I'm bragging all the time. I'm really not. This is for a point. I was the first person in my family to ever kind of be identified as smart. And, and my family yeah. came over, they came over around like the 1930s. And you're from 20s. Baltimore, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Hood. Um, literally, we were a real white family in the hood. That's a big part of my standard. You were that too. privileged guy from Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. We were all super <laughs> poor in the same hall. And so my parents didn't know how to raise me because I outpaced them at math at like 10. Mm-hmm. Like, and they were hardworking, good people. Uh, but it, it kind of fell apart later on in life. But like, um, I went to law school. They wanted me to go to med school because that's what the logic should be. And then I went to law school because I didn't, I didn't want to do medicine. Yeah. And that's the only reason I went to law school was because my parents told me, you're smart, so you must do this. You need to be a lawyer. Yeah, and so until I was like 27, 26, 27, when I graduated law school, uh, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I should have been in stand-up like five years beforehand. I mean, granted, the law degree has helped me a lot. 
has helped me in policy and stuff like that. But like, I should have never done that. I, I would. I think I'd be much more successful. I mean, my my uh, wife is like, she is. Uh, she created a, an incredible influencer program. Has been incredibly successful. She did that at twenty, without going to college. And I'm like, nobody should go to. I, I'm so like anti college. I'm so anti establishment and college. And like, you should just refer to things as government school instead of public school. It changes yeah. the whole perspective. I don't know. I'm going on a rant here. You can stop me. That was but fine. I, uh, I actually totally agree. I didn't go to college, and I think our education system is so outdated and useless mm-hmm. that, I mean, I learn new shit every day, and, like, you have to interject and get involved in social media and all these other things to learn, and the world just is different today than it was when all this curriculum was written. I wouldn't like, be me. can we update this shit? Like, I, what, I mean, me. kids have iPads in schools and stuff now, like... Do you, you know, like, I think about the teacher that was like, well, you're not always going to have a calculator in your pocket. Well, bullshit. I've, I sucked at algebra. Like, I was great at geometry, but I sucked at algebra. And I, I can't tell you any time since I graduated high school that I've ever used algebra. And I'm in construction. I deal with numbers, <laughs> estimating, yeah. math all the time. Yeah. I don't use any of that shit. Uh, I'll, I'll one-up you. Um, by this, my senior year of high school... They had, I was in a special class, like an advanced placement class that did multivariable calculus. I could do multivariable calculus by hand. And I was at the top of my class with that. Why the fuck? Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Like, I, I literally, I didn't use regular calculus ever. Were you going to work for NASA? I mean, uh, like, Unless you're, like, shit. actually, like, trying to figure out how to, like, land the, the moon rover. Yeah, unless you're going to work like, for you know, Elon or NASA. Yeah, you're... yeah. Uh, but, like, again, like, why? why like... What, what I really appreciated about a law degree, though, was that it was like, if you learn A, A applies to the real world. Like, you like, yeah. when you learn criminal law or when you learn how things are, yeah. are supposed to go, like that, there is one for one applicability of that education yeah. that I have, uh, which is much more valuable. Than, go study case law. Like, see how it yeah. applies. Interpret it. And, and how the world actually functions and what's going on. I mean, like. One of the big topics right now. Here, let's just go into a big topic. The Tucker Carlson. You yes. all on this Tucker Carlson thing? I, I don't a lot. I hear more about it from my in-laws and, you know, other people. I, I follow my select news sources. I, yeah. I can't take the news for anything more than being entertainment profit. and profit, profit and propaganda. So... I selectively choose to get my news how I choose to get my news, and I stay away from most of that shit just because it drives me up the wall. And I don't want to turn on my TV and be depressed because I'm hearing about how many people died, got killed, OD'd, all this shit. Uh, during COVID, I just literally went on the road. Like yeah. I just I, I realized that nothing was stopping you from going on the road. Yeah. And so I went and traveled the country for ten months and just had a great time. And I did. I got That's paid awesome. for it. I did reporting on it. Uh, what was I talking about though? My brain was somewhere else before that. I had a, I had a point. Um, Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. So a lot of people are like, oh, Fox is trying to stop his First Amendment rights, and he should be able to do this and that and whatever. No, Fox paid him a ton of money. There's a contract involved. Yeah. And and what what Fox is doing is a little bit dirty because they're going to ice him until 2025. So, like, he's going to make his whatever it is, $20 a year or whatever, doing nothing because whatever handshake deal or whatever they may have done to pull him, whatever decision they did to make him pull him off the air, they've decided to pull him off the air, but they're not going to not pay him. Yeah. So in his contract, he can't come up with a competing product, even though he's not on air. Yeah. So people are like, oh, they're trying to stop his First Amendment right. No, no, no. He has an entertainment lawyer. 
he has a, an agent. He has, you know, a team around him, a very brilliant team around him. He's a very smart guy. They paid him a lot of money so that that might actually happen. I mean, if you play baseball, say, say for some reason, like... Uh, yeah, guaranteed contract. Yeah, so say you're like uh, Mike Trout, right? Like, he's like yeah. he's still a big guy, right, in baseball? Yeah. Say, uh, say uh, they, they decided to just pull him. You didn't go like Pete Alonso? I mean, I figured Mets guy, you are going to, like, go full I've kind of given honest. up on baseball, honestly. I, uh, All right. Even though I'm wearing, like, an old Orioles. This was a giveaway at the stadium years ago. Um, but uh, they could pull, even to their detriment, they could pull their star player off and bench him. Yeah. And, and there's nothing that player can do about it. They can scream and yell, but they can't then get up off of, like, Trout's what? Is he still an angel? He's still yep. an angel, right? He can't go off the angels and go play for the Orioles just because they bench him. Or yeah. he can't go start his own league. He just can't because he's still getting paid. And he's still under contract for that time, which sucks because, look, I like Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, I used to work for the man at uh, the Daily Caller. Uh, brilliant guy. Have nothing but good things to say about him. Uh, but uh, it's not against his First Amendment right what Fox is doing. And, and if I'm Fox as a business, I don't know why they took him off air, but they have a right to stop him from uh, doing another show on Twitter. I, it sucks. I like Tucker Carlson. It's, it, and, like, people don't understand in the black and white realm of facts now and how things are presented in the media that there's this middle ground where, like, you may not like what's going on, but... Your, your guy signed a contract for lots of money. Now, if there's yeah. a loophole in the contract where he can do uh, a show on Twitter, great. I mean, I, I would, wouldn't mind seeing his commentary regularly. But, like, I don't think he's going to win that. Uh, because, again, he's paid a lot of money to not have a competing product against the company that is still paying him. That's what the law degree teaches That's me. wild, man. That's wild. It's I like mean, bad news, right? People don't want to hear that. Yeah. Sorry. Like, yeah, but it, 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 it's just the – and I love the whole, like, we can't agree to not disagree and, like, can't, like, express an opinion without all of a sudden being hated or trolled oh, yeah. or, yeah. you know, all that. I, I can only imagine what the trolling you get is like. I don't pay attention to it anymore. In, in 2012, I wrote a book. I wrote two books. I wrote a book, uh, uh, two e-books. Are we getting the 50 Shades now? I can't wait mm-hmm. to hear this story. All so right, I did awesome. Romney and I did Obama. I did 50, 50 Shades, Shades of Romney. Here's a hint. They're all white. And so I have a really good friend I want you to meet at some point. Mm-hmm. Brad, I'm going to get you on the show with this, I think, hopefully. He gets kicked off. He, I think he has like, I don't know, I'm going to say like five, five different profiles because he gets zucked all the time. <laughs> but the last time he got zucked, they literally told him, we will unzuck you if you delete this page. And his page was, and he, I don't know where he came up with this, but like you guys would be like best friends, I'm sure. He, it was, I was anti-Obama before anti-Obama was cool. That's what the page was? That That's what his page was. And they want it gone so bad that they like, I mean like, and he gets zucked all the time. It's, it's awesome. That's amazing. I, uh... So when I wrote that book, I mean, I've always leaned conservative uh, and, and just in my policy and whatever. And I've always been a Republican. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wrote a book that questioned whether or not Mitt Romney was a conservative, let alone a Republican. And you would have thought that I said F Jesus. Like you would have <laughs> thought that I like went after like the, the absolute faith. I was called everything. The hate mail like poured in. Like, more so than now. And I think our side, well, my side, I don't know what side you're on. Uh, but, like, my, the conservative side, I think it's nastier. I mean, I just get death threats or yesterday's news from, from the left. But, like, our side says everything nasty and tries to drag you even worse. And so 
uh, I was dragged for so long, and it turns out I was right the whole time. Like I, again, yeah. But like I literally laid out his policy and how he had flipped up, flopped on every policy just to become electable in certain places. Yeah. I was right. And how how did you roll that into Fifty Shades of Obama? Oh no, they were just they were. I did so they were running against each other. So I did a breakdown of Obama's okay. shitty policy and a breakdown of his lies, his shitty lies, uh, Romney's lies. And so I just said basically we don't have a choice in this election. And so they both did pretty well. And uh, yeah, I, again, one side hated me, the other side hated me. And they, again, you don't see this in this black and white presentation of news all the time and how things have to be and how basic everything has to be and how stupid people are becoming. They can't see that maybe everyone is bad or uh, there's some sort of nuance that shows that everyone, you know, there's a gray area. There just always is a gray area. Yeah, that's, that's what blows my mind. You, you can't have... Like it, it's your one or the other. You can't, you can't disagree with this. It's like, well, no, I, I can have a healthy intellectual conversation about this. Yeah. And a lot of them, I don't agree with either of you. And like, I'm tired of having to have pick the best of two bad decisions. Yep. That's what I'm tired of in news, politics, all of that. Like, it, it it's a. It's a one or the other, and it's a, well, what if I don't agree with either of those things? Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's just, you know, unheard of. Yes, uh, I mean, I, I want to give a middle finger to everything now. I think it's why the no hat probably comes in, yeah. comes in a lot. I mean, I think my favorite, uh, I, just the other day, I was just having a conversation with my wife about this. The other day, you posted, and uh, this eats at me all the time. We almost went to, we went to war over a tea tax, huh? yet... Two percent, two percent T tax. But you can tax us forty percent of our earnings, and nobody really gives a shit. That's mm -hmm. just okay. Like, cool, take our forty percent. And what are you gonna do with that? Yeah. And where does that all go? And if we ask questions, that's. Uh... I mean, it's it's crazy <laughs> now because we're looking at moving because we want to buy property and we don't want to buy it in Texas because mm -hmm. of the uh, the property tax here. I think is just stupid. It's, mm -hmm. it, you never own your property. Like it's it's BS. <sighs> So, like, many states have lower property tax. Many, many, many states. And so we're weighing, like, I really want to move to Kentucky, obviously, because I have connections with the bourbon industry, and I think it would be really fun. Um, and, and doing kind of micro-influencing with that. Yeah. Uh, because I own all of the uh, Let's Drink Bourbon properties. I also own all the Let's Smoke Cigar properties. So that's another one that's kind of fun. Um, nice. Let's Smoke Cigars and Let's Drink Bourbon. Um, and Let's Drink Tequila. I have, a, I have a lot of stuff, like a lot of, like, influencer stuff. And I've, I'm trained in bourbon, and I'm friends with a bunch of guys in the industry. So I think moving to Kentucky would be beneficial for that. And I love Kentucky, and there's very, very safe places there. Or, as some people have told me when I talk to, like, liberals about it, yeah. they're like, it's backwards there, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, it sounds great. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's where I want to be now. I want, I want somewhere that liberals call backwards that never want to show Yeah, I, I want to be in the backwards country. Yeah, that's where I want to be. I think that's fair. I want to be in a backwards part of the country. If they, if they think it's a terrible place to be, that's where I should be. That's, I mean, we're getting pretty close to becoming a third world country anyway, so, I mean... I don't think, I mean, there could be worse options. I mean, I personally always will have a home in Texas, and I think it's great to be here. Like, I love Texas, but it breaks my heart when, like, I'm looking at property, and I can go get uh, double the size with lots of land in another place and not worry about some tax assessor coming along and upping the value of my property to the point that I get a $10,000 extra bill every year. That's true. Uh, fortunately for me, my wife's a realtor, so I uh, ah. get to stick the pit bull on him and let her uh, go uh, fight all those. Also, we learned a little bit about our current, uh, where we live right now. 
Yeah. My, uh, my landlord's upset about his tax. He owns like a, it's a, it's not a duplex. It's like three uh, townhouses in a row. I don't know what you call that. But uh, so like we have a nice Three townhouses in a row. Okay. Big ass building with like three townhouses. All right, I got you. So it's a condo. Yeah, because we, we have a three building. No, we have a three bedroom, three bath with a garage. Every place is three. three. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And he's like, yeah, a yeah, triplex. Yeah. Tri- there you go, triplex. Is we'll that go triplex. Yeah. So we're talking about it. He goes, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I told him like the, the value shouldn't go up on this property because we got those power lines back there that give off that like humming sound sometimes. And like I'm like, what? I'm sorry, what? He goes, yeah, yeah, no, we got the, the high tension wires back there. Probably not good for yeah, causing oh, so cancer price, and you know everything else. He's like, so the price shouldn't go up. And I'm like, missed that when I moved in. I yeah. didn't like, catch like, and so uh, obviously my time there has come to an end. But uh, uh, so we're trying to figure out where to go and like, so I want Kentucky. I think it's awesome. I think that's where we're headed. But uh, Tennessee isn't bad either. So, but you have to parts write all the of numbers. Tennessee. I, I, I've spent a lot of time in Tennessee. I think the only place, you know, probably ten years ago, you would have talked me into Nashville. Maybe I would never move to Nashville. But Memphis to me is like the uh-huh. biggest shithole in the world. Uh, okay, one so, of them. I, I you couldn't pay me enough money to live in Memphis. Memphis is right there with. I lived in Wichita, Kansas as a kid. It's right next to that. Like, you, you can't convince me or pay me enough money to live there. My but, favorite bourbon bar in the country is in Wichita. I'll tell you off air. All right. Because it's, it's the best hidden gem in the country. All right. Literally. I, I got the last pour of uh, Booker's Rye from this bar for, like, 20 bucks. And they let me keep the bottle. We'll just put it. That's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. All right. Cool. Anyway, I'm no, done with that. I, um, uh, Chattanooga wouldn't be bad either, but I went to Memphis a couple of years ago. Memphis reminds me of the bad part of Baltimore, and you're looking for the good part of Baltimore, and like you're, you're driving around, and you're like, surely there's a good part, and it just never comes. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like you keep searching. You're like, there's got to be a good part here, and like even the little tourist area. I'm like, I'm not going to that fucking tourist area. No. Mm. So, I can shit on just about any state. I've been, I've been just, I've been to the lower 48 and pretty much every major city. And in, in uh, 2020, I did uh, 35 states and 80 cities. So I got to really, really dig even more. You did um, some travel. I did. And, uh, and so I really got to know a lot of cool stuff. I used to love Minneapolis. I thought Minneapolis was my favorite, had my favorite restaurant, my favorite cocktail bar in the country. And then uh, COVID shut everything down, ruined everything. And then George Floyd, the, the protests, burned, uh, burned the buildings to the ground. So as if my favorite chef leaving wasn't bad enough, he wouldn't have had a place to work anyway good time yeah i love this country wow 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 third world country yeah so do you perform at college campuses i do a lot Mm -hmm. all right we've got someone asking here one of our listeners what's that like curious about his denigration of colleges when that seems to be where he makes his money uh it's not where i make my money i make my money in a lot of other stuff too but um i go in so i'm one of those people that still doesn't get protested i don't know why i'm not big enough like, I don't say, and I also don't say, like... Are you working towards that goal or something? No, or? I don't want that. <laughs> okay, no. I am about to say, we don't no. want no negativity. You know, I, like, I almost feel like sometimes it's set up. Like, who's yeah. going to protest Ben Shapiro? Like, who... Like, when you're on college campus, you should be getting drunk. Like, even if, like, you're, like, a, you know, in some, like a wacky person in one of the wacky clubs, you should be getting drunk and going and getting laid and stuff. Like, who's, who's lining up with signs, making signs, I gotta go protest Ben Shapiro or, like, Matt Walsh? Like, I mean, where are you in your life... That's the thing. And that's why sometimes I wonder if they're not paid actors or something. Because, like, you notice how all those clips always go viral? Mm. Like, has there ever been a speech that, like, a Matt Walsh or a Ben Shapiro or, like, a Charlie Kirk has done where there isn't somebody who's there that's like, Sir, you've said something about trans rights, and I think there's more than two genders. And then that person on stage 
then had like is like you're just a stupid college student. Which by the way, if you look at it, it's like a forty year old beating on an eighteen year old. Come on now. But like, but those are like the viral clips, and it's like, yeah. so you're telling me that somebody on a college campus, what like waited ninety minutes through a Ben Shapiro speech so they could have their chance to like beat this guy like intellectually? Come on, I just don't like, and so like I'm not in that. I don't want to be protested. Obviously, I don't care. But uh, if you do, you're a loser. Like you're a super loser. I just couldn't imagine the person lining up to do that. Yeah, I say that, and I'm actually speaking at the Yale Political Union. I was invited to speak at the, the Yale Political Union, which is this like hundred year tradition at yeah. Yale in September. I'm I'm going out, and like they had uh, like John Kerry has spoken there, like multiple heads of state have spoken there, and like it's really cool. So I go and speak for 20 minutes on whatever topic. I have to figure out what that topic's going to be, but it's going to be something fun. I think it's going to be something about how like the media has ruined everything, and like we'll let yeah. everybody argue, uh, and then the kids debate with you. I think it'll be super fun. So, yeah, I mean, just get a good debate going and, you know, see what everybody wants to say. But you see what I'm saying with, like, the theatrics of this stuff, right? Like, who, again, who is lining up, number one, to, like, make a sign to protest these guys? But number two, like, who's got the time in their day to sit around for, like, 90 minutes and then, like, get up and be try to, like, own Matt Walsh at a thing? Do you even know who Matt Walsh is? Yeah, I know No offense. No offense. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't no, want to, like... Who he is. But, like, who's showing up to be, like, I want to argue gender ideology with, like... And then, like, they... And then just both sides... Again, both sides. Here's your nuanced thing. Not black and white. It's gray. Matt Walsh is... What is he? My age? Like, he's 40 or something like that? I, I would assume be. he's in his mid-40s, late-40s. Great Just for Matt advertisement. That guy, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that beard is un, un, unfailing. That is just mm. black. Um, he paints it himself. Uh, it, it just the, the viral clip of a 40-year-old beaten up an 18 year old intellectually that just that's just weird like doesn't it like when you look at it from the 50,000 foot level doesn't it bother anybody it's it is weird like I think so much of it is weird like where a lot of that comes from like I mean what's what's the what's something you put out there that like you didn't think was like polarizing or I don't know what the right word is right now but like newsworthy or newsworthy that just like blew up into like something crazy and you were like how did this get taken to that i do a bit on this um i was getting on the uh the subway one morning in dc Mm -hmm. and there was a video of justin trudeau where it looked like his eyebrow was falling off (laughs) and i was like it looks like he's got fake eyebrows or something i said like it looks like trump browbeat him and his fake eyebrows are falling off right i get on this train i'm on the train for a half hour i get off it was like 11,000 retweets or something on it. And there were 80 international stories written on it. Disparate, fact, I was fact-checked. You were fact-checked over saying I, his, I, he looked like Trump got beat his eyebrow off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked like he was browbeaten by Trump because his fake eyebrows went off. But that was, you want to talk about like crazy. That one went, that was like insane. And like I was getting, because I have a Google search for myself because I have an ego. You know, the Google alerts. And so... It's like I'm getting stuff from like India and like Thailand and like every European country and like, yeah. Apparently he doesn't have fake eyebrows. It was just me spreading disinformation. How dare I? Because I like found a stupid video and like posted it up and it went ultra viral and I'm like, oh man. Like I don't think about this stuff when I post it. Like and the stuff I do think about, it fails. It's like a total flop. Yeah. Like anytime I put any kind of effort into anything, it's a total flop. Yeah, but just the random I post this like. So you gotta tell a story. Like I want to know about this, but. How did you end up getting beef with Cardi B? I don't know. <laughs> huh? mm-hmm. 
He's got beef with Cardi B. I don't have any beef with Cardi B. She hates me, though. Yeah. Uh, so Cardi B has got him, like, blocked and stuff. One morning, and I do a bit on this, too. Uh, one morning, uh, I got up, and I was taking a dump, and I tweeted. Uh, it was when they were banning Dr. Seuss books. Oh, when they were yeah. banning Dr. Seuss books. That's so... Another crazy fucking thing that just... You're going to ban Dr. Seuss books? Yeah. Like, what's next? The the bear? What was that? The the rump skin? What was that called? Rumble still skin? No, no, no. What was the... Berenstein the bear? Bears? Berenstein, Berenstein Bears. Same type thing. Um, it's crazy. He did have some kind of racist stuff in his books, but they shouldn't be banned. It was a different time. Mm. Grandpa, it was a different time. Um, but uh, he... So I, I tweeted something like, it's crazy that, and this was the day after the Grammys, right? So she had a big performance of WAP mm. at the Grammys. I was like, it's crazy. So it was that right when WAP came out? Well, she had just performed it at the Grammys. Okay, the at the Grammys she performed. So like, I mean, this is like a peak of her career, right? She yeah. performs her song, she's winning awards, whatever, you know. And I like tweeted on the toilet, like, it's, it's crazy that Dr. Seuss books, or sorry, that the lyrics to WAP are more acceptable in schools than Dr. Seuss books. Fair statement. So I don't think anything of it, and I don't have notifications turned on my phone. Yeah. And <laughs> turn it on, and that tweet exploded, and I couldn't figure out why. And finally, one of my friends texted me because I also don't follow Cardi B. Crazy. Because uh, I don't. I, turns out I don't really care what most celebrities or politicians say. Actually, I think I care less what politicians say unless they're like actually going to do something. Um, and she had quote tweeted me three times. And went off about it. I don't even remember what all she said. But she <laughs> lost her mind on that tweet. That's Did she so rhyme awesome. when she hit you back at least? No, was it lyrical? No. no it lyrical. i got to go find this. Like, I want to see what Cardi B actually said. That's hilarious. But it's like, there's articles written on it. And so I do a whole bit on this where, like, imagine being the kid who went to school for journalism who worked hard in New York City to end up working for the New York Daily News. Like, worked her ass off. Like, this girl, where, you know, worked for years. And, and it's, I do it better on stage. And, uh, like, the peak of your career right now is you got an assignment to write about a tweet that I wrote while taking a shit. Like, she worked her whole career, went through journalism school, went into debt, worked in New York City, you know, did, and finally yeah. got that dream job. And her dream job, she's... This Yale graduate <laughs> just, like, wrote a whole thesis on your tweet that you wrote from there's the shit. I mean, I, the fact that there's media coverage of that, I'm like, cool, whatever, do what I... But, but like, you know, you, you, you strike on something that I never thought about that I wondered about, like... If you've ever heard the artist Mega The Stallion, mm-hmm. have you ever listened to Mega The Stallion songs? Have you Megan seen Megan The Stallion? Megan The Stallion. So we all know, and she also is the second half of the word "wop." But Ellen DeGeneres had Megan on her show, and a little girl came out on stage, oh. and that was her. I mean, this girl had to be five or six years old, and that was her dream to meet and be like Megan The Stallion, and she embraced it. Everybody stood up and they clapped. And I'm like, I know, like, Megan loves stripper poles, shaking her butt. If you listen to her lyrics, yo, like, come on. And this is where the desensitized, everything is, like, yeah, yeah, kids are numb Uh to whatever. You're talking about a, no, you know what? It wasn't Megan. It wasn't Megan. It was um, other big booty. Um, Well, they're all big booties. Uh, Come on. Um, Mickey Minaj. It was Mickey Minaj. It wasn't Megan. Yeah, I remember that. It was Mickey Minaj. Yes. And it's like, She's so no if, if you like literally took and printed out all of Nikki's lyrics and like you said, would you 
would her would she be in the curriculum in a school system as in this is our new role models? I'm not dissing Nikki. I mean, it is what it is because it is entertainment. Yeah. I get that, but where is the when you're 18? It's like when I was in high school, Two Live Crew was it. Yeah, NWA yeah. was yeah. it, and look how bad they were censored. But you know what the difference was then too? Let's let's be real. NWA actually were changing culture and doing something. They weren't saying things to be shocking. They Two were Live actually, Crew went all the way to the Supreme Court. Oh yeah, for their lyrics yep. and everything. So yep. I'm not ma- I'm not even mad at that. But I'm just saying it's like what they were fighting for. But they weren't being invited on shows so little kids can be like, I want to be. Nor just would like they have them. done that. Nor would they have wanted to say like, yes. I want little kids because they still respect people. It's the same thing like. Again, what drag performer wants to shake their ass for a child? Who, what, what adult? Like, my stand-up, I'm not trying to get into, like, preschools to do my stand-up, right? I'm not going yeah. in there or giving my, like, because that's weird. Because that's weird. Right. There's, still a, there's still a respect for children in all of this. There's still a respect for children, especially from those guys back in the day. But, like, I can't even, like, think about how far, like, culture has shifted, right? Because, like, now everything, it's, like, hyper-sexualized for the clicks and for the, it's done on purpose. Because they're not writing their own shit. They're not NWA. They're not. They're, they're they not. They got ghostwriters. Yeah, yeah. It's like they also imagine. Imagine the meeting, right? Hey, uh, Cardi, we've got a got a, a new some new lyrics for here. We want to try out this. It's a song Ooh. called "Wet Ass Pussy." How do you think about this one? I want you to read the lyrics. There. <laughs> Just, oh, I like this. This is this is good because you know that's how the meeting goes, right? Probably because their agent first. They're like, Cardi, we got a hit for you here. It's uh, it's called "Wet Ass," but we think this is going to be a big one. And she goes, Oh, hmm. You know, because it's formal. They're not sitting around, like, coming up with this stuff. It's like, I worked in radio for many, many years, so I've been living my life with edited music. But I'm like, it's even to the point now where the edited lyrics, it's it's still like, mm-hmm. damn. Uh, you, I mean, uh, yeah, just it, because you don't say the word, the, the insinuation is It's just like watching, there. like, certain movies. Like, I, I had this, we had this conversation with, um, when we were talking about the movies. Um, God, why can't I think of it right now? We had a big conversation about movies and horror movies. And I was like, you can't, like, why do you, like, last, last house on the left, I'll never watch that movie again. It was absolutely terrible. The rape scenes were horrific. Like, you don't have to show certain things. Like, implying is enough. Like, where did we get in today's world where, oh. I mean, I remember when, like, you watched The Simpsons. I remember when he said... Eat my shorts, and that was bad. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, you could say "bitch" on TV, but shit the, is accepted. Yeah, now. like the transition of what is acceptable and what's not. But it's why, cute to why, hear a three-year-old cuss on like, Twitter. Implying was enough. Like everybody knows where you were going with that. Like I don't, unless you're some sick human being. Like you didn't actually have to see that. Like yeah. implying was enough. Like you know. The girl with the dragon tattoo movie, all that stuff. Like, yeah, good for her. Glad she got glad she got her revenge. But I didn't need to see that. Like, you could have implied it yeah. and not shown me that. Because like, it that's doesn't why I don't count like watching that stuff. Unless you push the envelope. You go back yeah. to the old school movies where if 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 my nine year old I wouldn't let him do it, but if a nine year old saw the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they'd be like that's TikTok. <laughs> You know, that wouldn't even be no big deal to him. Now they have to go. I seen this movie the other day because everybody was saying, like, people were passing out in the movie theaters. It's called The Terrifier, actually part two. And I was like, okay, I got it here free. Let me look at it. And when it was 
over the top gore to the point, and then I'm looking at the yeah. review, like a dude literally pressing his thumbs in somebody's eyes and splitting his skull in half with his hands, and you yeah. see everything. And then I'm looking at the reviews. It is horror art at its best. I'm like, yeah, no. what the f- no. really? Like, wow! Why, why you, like, I can't watch shit like that because, like, when I sit there and watch it, all that goes through my mind is. This individual that created this is really disturbed. If they didn't have this outlet, what would this huh? sick ass individual actually be And then people get doing? pissed off when then, then somebody like, mimics it yeah. in real life. And, but, and who wants to watch this? Like, what what are you escaping from? What are you like? Like, I can't. Like, but I don't even know where to begin with that. Where shit. we live in in our society and in our country. We don't want to censor people because of the right of the ability yeah. to express Freedom their art. Like, I, I get it, but it's, I, I want to. I do want to say we've got some YouTube chatter here that I want to address, just because it's the first time since like we had Frenchie on here that we've got this. We got somebody from Uganda. We got a Ugandan hey. on here. That's awesome. Uh, we got I remember a lot of, when the only person I knew from Uganda was uh, Kamala. <laughs> And we've got not Harris. It's Trump twenty twenty. What brand Bless cigars? Him. So we'll, we'll talk about it for, for a minute. I was originally smoking a Partagas one sixty. Partagas. Uh, Partagas. Gotcha. Partagas. Partagas. Uh, same thing. Yeah. Um, Tim is smoking a Principal CCCP. Um, Love it. It's a really Tim. great cigar. He likes bold Maduro flavored things. He's a got a fire guy, got a fire, great, great cigar, but it is very bold. It is a guy that drinks black coffee on ice. Like that is, that is your thing. That is, it's bold, it's flavorful, it's rich. Um, little peppery for me, although I love the CCCP that Darren Chaffee put out with Principal. Those are awesome. I, I mean, I love that. Like, I'm, I'm glad you started there. Because I was really having a hard time pairing it for you and like mm. trying to like nah. go there. Because if you smoke this first, it's really hard to go to something else from a gut of fire. I also I can't get a I can't get through a full one of those, and that's that's really the yeah. Because it's so that. bald. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I no. mean like it, it, I mean that is so rich. And then I forget what this is called. This is the <laughs> this is Principal's newest one. It's the limited edition Gold Band. I think is what it's called. These are super smooth. I smoked one earlier today. It's kind of creamy. It's really good. Um, some people have been hitting us up and asking us to do a cigar review or talk about a cigar. I might start throwing in like a live here and there on the channel and hey, this is a cigar of the week or this is what we're smoking or maybe it's what we're gonna smoke on this show. I, I really don't know. I, I try to pair the cigars with what my guests like so it makes it kind of hard to just be like, hey, unless both of our palates are the same and we're just both smoking the same thing. But I'll try to be better about that because you guys are asking a lot about that. Uh, bourbon, in case anybody's going to go, I started off with the Four Roses. That, you started off with a Four Roses barrel pick that's, like, amazing. Yeah, it was a barrel pick. It's the bourbon enthusiast pick. It's a nine-year, 11-month OBSF. It was really good. I'll throw it up here. We killed this. You guys have seen this on the table for a few weeks. I'm gonna smell that. Yeah, Sorry, I'm gonna like. This is my. I'm not drinking tonight, but uh, yeah, it's a really good one. 
God, I wish I got in on that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. It's, it's a really good pick. Yeah. Um, and then I just brought, because I hadn't, I haven't drank rye in a little while, and I'm a big rye guy. And I saw this sitting on my bar, this wild turkey rare breed. It's a barrel-proof rye. It's only like 112 proof, and that is a sweet spot for rye if uh, you like rye. Uh, a lot of barrel proofs get way up there, and that kind of like takes it over the top for it's me. Fantastic. You're a big bourbon guy too. I, like uh, I, we were trading some bourbon stories earlier, and I pulled you, a picture up to show you that people God, can't see at home. I don't get that lucky. Like I just yeah. God. So what this is, this is actually a knife. Yeah, for those of you that can't see this, this is a very old, dusty Wellers. So it's a, it's a, uh, it's before they even like took it out. This is before they, they, uh, partnered with Stitzel. Yeah. And so it's an empty bottle, but I was able to get it. It is a Wellers distilled dry gin from WL Weller and Sons. And, uh, I dated the, I think this is from like 1908. Yeah. Uh, but that is one of my favorites. I have really been into, I collect bourbon uh, antique advertising and cool stuff, and I finally just found a prescription bottle of rye from uh, Prohibition Era. Finding a prescription bottle with the label still on it is very impossible. Mm-hmm. And I finally got one. This guy, I, I play around on eBay, and a guy had it for $10. And he's like, it's been sitting on a shelf. And so $10 with $10 shipping. And I've been looking for this thing, and I would have paid a couple hundred for it. Yeah. And so, because prescriptions are easy to find, because the papers are easy to find for that. But a lot of people, when they would get the prescription bottle, they'd either toss it or they'd take the label off of the uh-huh. bottle. So finding one with the label still on it, like, I screwed. You collect a lot of cool, uh, interesting things. Let's, I do. Let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Like, what, what all do you collect? Because, oh, like, boy. you were... What do I... We, we waited until we got on the show. Like, he almost didn't light a cigar because he really wanted to, like, pop yeah. off the ruble. Yeah. I, uh, I have uh, antique government documents. That's one thing I have. I have uh, tons of decanters and stuff. My, one of my favorite decanters I finally found at an antique mall somewhere in Texas. Uh, and I've had one. So the, the Jim Beam Statue of Liberty that's about two feet tall. Yeah. I had one, and then they had one still sealed... Like, never touched at an uh, antique mall in the middle of nowhere in Texas. Have I forget where it? I was. Huh? Have you opened it? No, not yet. Oh. But they only wanted 50 bucks for it. And I was like, what? I, get, I get all this stuff for nothing. Yeah, I find this stuff for nothing. I'm not that lucky. Like, I have friends that go to the state sales and stuff, like the I bought a cigar ashtray off eBay, and yeah. this oh. guy reaches back out to me and, like, yeah. meets me in Denton, and I buy all this oh, badass... You buy all this badass dusty bourbon all the way back to the early 1900s. Well, like, apparently that's he had a he sad. had a, a expert sell off his bigger bottles, his larger bottles, and he made forty thousand dollars on it. That's absolutely insane. God knows what he had. He yeah. probably did have everything because his father, going through his father's collection, his father passed away. His name was Tom, and uh, I'm like cautious. Like I don't want to. I kind of want to only drink Tom's stuff because we do have a couple of like collectors' bottles. We got some gold, uh, yeah, Maker's Mark bottles, and, and a couple of. Uh, uh, a couple of different things, but um, I only want to drink them like at, at like kind of important things because it's weird. It kind of puts things into perspective. So here's a guy's entire bourbon collection. He passed away, and his son has no yeah. appreciation for it other than yeah. trying to make money on it. Yeah. And so I kind of want to like honor it because like if he died and these bottles were still sealed. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's got to be special occasions. Like that. That to me is my favorite time. Like I have. Out of my collection of bourbon, I have like three bottles that I won't just drink with anyone. Yeah. 
I, you know, when I met my older half brother, just my, my older brother, uh, I met him five years ago. Um, just happened that my adopted brother that my dad searched his whole life for happened to live in Frisco. Wow. Adopted in Ohio at three days old and, you know, happened to have lived within five miles of me since I moved to Texas. Um, the very first day I met him was the day before my birthday, and he brought me a bottle of Basil Hayden's. I still have that bottle. The only person that drinks that bottle with me is me, my brother, or my younger brother. Wait, if we're together, we can drink that bottle. I have another bottle that is dedicated to police, military, you know, firefighters, stuff like that. If you served, whatever, cool. I have one or two bottles like that, that yeah. if you're at my house and you served, whatever, cool. We'll drink from that bottle. But other than that, my favorite thing to do is someone to come over and go like, I've always wanted to try that, or I've always wanted that. Because the stories that end up coming from that night or that shared experience is like, you know, Pops has a great saying about cigars is like, was that the best cigar I've ever smoked? No, but that's the best smart cigar I ever smoked at this situation yeah. or in this scenario. You know, like it's about that shared experience. It's a, you know, the stories, the laughters, the memories that come from that. So I, I absolutely, but yeah, I think for you, knowing that you just bought this awesome piece of a collection from a kid that's, you know, father passed and was very passionate, obviously, about bourbon with what he had, you know, and that stuff, like, he didn't just, like, have it to drink it. It was obviously saved for special occasions and mm -hmm. such events that to continue to honor that and do that, I think is absolutely awesome. Oh yeah, no, it's it's an important too because it's like an energy thing that comes off of it too. You know, I did the uh, whatever the podcast was called here before. I, well, it's now defunct, right? Because they replaced it with the shh podcast, whatever it is. All right, uh, so yeah, you're talking about cigars, uh, ugh, cigars and guns. Yes. Oh, was that cigars and guns? Is that what I did? Love that yeah, guy. you did cigars and guns. Love that guy. Um, those guys have rebanded, rebranded, banded. Yeah. They rebranded, and it's the Bad Words podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they That's are now idea. on Rumble. They're going to be going live tonight. First episode on Rumble tonight. Now that you told me all about how big of a pain in the ass it is doing the Rumble yeah, thing, I'm, I'm looking forward to running over there and watching them lose their minds, huh? pulling their hair out, trying to get that off the ground. Uh, I, I, I wish them the absolute most success with that. Though, and I'm, like. I'm the one person they need probably help from tonight. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I have a couple of bottles like that. Yeah. That I won't touch. Um, I can't tell you who one of them came from because I was sworn to secrecy. But I have a uh, bottle from an original batch of a very big national brand. Okay. And uh, it's hidden. It's like in with my like common stuff. So that just in case somebody ever, like, I, I don't know why. I just think that, like, somebody might come in and know what they're doing, and then they find it. But um, that was a fun one. Would you but drink it with them? I did not. It was sent to me during COVID. But no, but I, would you drink oh, it with them? Somebody it? found it, like, it was over hanging out with them? So do you have, like, so do you have like your birth year bottle and all that already? No, I don't have that. Um, I, that's, that's not a thing for me, but I do have. Um, so on, I did a podcast with Bill Samuels Jr. from Maker's Mark. Yeah. And he cracked a bottle of 46 while we were there and signed it for me and dated it. And that one I won't touch. Um, and there's a bottle I did, uh, the podcast with um, 
Wes Henderson, I did. Well, actually, Wes was the, the um, uh, co-host with me, who founded Angels Envy. Yeah. Um, and we went to Bourbon 30, which is Mattingly Bourbon. You ever had anything from mm-hmm. Mattingly where they handwrite the stuff? So he and I went through Jay Mattingly stuff. has a lot of really good stuff. A couple of the groups oh, yeah. I'm in do uh, are really big on Jay Mattingly stuff. We made a blend. We made a rye blend. Nice. At, with the Jay Mattingly guys and us. And so we call it uh, Mattingly's Angel. And there was originally only going to be three bottles, but the Mattingly guys made a, a fourth uh, for themselves. So they have two. Wes has one, and I have one. Okay. And I don't know what I'm saving it for, but uh, I have that. And, uh, I mean, there's, there's, I have a bunch of really fun stuff that I would share with people, but those are the ones that I probably wouldn't touch. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I wouldn't, like, crack. Probably my, I mean, the, the decanters, I have so many sealed decanters now from Jim Beam from back in the day. They're, yeah. they, they've become easier to find. I shouldn't say they're easy to find, but they're becoming easier to find. I found... Um, so this is the part where I think you're an asshole, like, because mm. you, you, like, somehow find these. Well, Al found and one. Like- <laughs> uh, Al found one. We were at a antique mall in Oklahoma. And they had these goofy decanters, these Jim Beam decanters, and it was like the ninth annual poodle convention in Houston. And there's a poodle on a space capsule that Jim Beam made. And I pick it up and I go, this is full. And I like take the thing off and the, and the tax stamp is still on, you know, it's still sealed. And I take it up to the front and they're like, that's still full, isn't it? And I go, yeah. And they go, well, it's probably undrinkable, right? I'm like, yep, that's right. That's why you can sell it to me. It's undrinkable. Yeah. Dirty, but, dirty bourbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I that's have, awesome. Um, I now have one, two, three, four, five. I have about 15 sealed decanters from before 1980. Yeah. That's awesome. That's and, awesome. And that's before we get into the mini bottles that I just got that I got to pop. Yeah, that's really cool. Mini bottles are super cool. Those, those, you seem to see those like dive in and out. Like th- those pop up every now and then. I have a buddy that's trying to move a few of those like he's got some old ones uh those are i would have a really hard time with that like it's super cool to have and look at but i would drink it i would have i would have to try it like i i would not be able to let that just sit there and look cool they're like i can let a cool tater bottle sit on my shelf and just be cool with that and like you know i've got deadpool i've got batman i've got you know so and so you know and it's really nothing special it's a tater bottle but i like it i have little toy action figures and stuff like all through my you know bar but that's what i'm talking about i told you i'd tell you this story yeah before you do that this is the pile i just got two shoe boxes full of mini bottles that's absolutely insane. I don't think you guys can yeah, see no. that, but you know, it's, I'll, yeah, I'll I know. throw I'm it up there. I'm just going to show you though, So that's it's uh, about a hundred little mini bottles. Like, so the ones you guys get on airplanes, and these are all like pre 1980s. So they're like old crow, granddad one fourteen, all yeah. the old good shit that's like in a mini bottle. Like, super cool to have. Yep. So that's like. So tell us the story. Sorry, I cut you off because I wanted to oh, show no, you. Oh no, you're good. You're I'm good. like so. Uh, I'm so excited about this purchase. So you were telling me how you still have and collect action figures. I do. So hold on, wait a minute. I didn't know this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. He, he uh, yeah, you were uh, trying to get us on on time, and then I messed it all up. And Biz actually had us <laughs> ready to go before six, and I, I will own this one. I made <laughs> us the couple minutes late. No, we were on time. We were on time. Yeah, well, it was close. Either way, so. 
Yeah. When I, God, I can't believe I'm going to tell this story on the podcast. Hopefully my mom's not still on here or uh-huh. watching this. So I, I came up with the greatest, I have to tell this story to tell the story about the action figures. So my father had this insane collection of Playboys, right? Like the back of his closet had two like five or six foot tall stacks of Playboys. This guy did too. Yeah. So he had the bourbon, he had Playboys, and he had stamps. Yeah. So my dad had every Playboy from the time he was in the military on. Like, I mean... This shit went back. Like, he had a subscription. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, and like, but he had everyone, even from when he was in the army. And the, you know, when you hit puberty and a boy, and you find you go searching through the house and exploring, and you find your dad's Playboys. Well, I used to be so meticulous of like, like he had so many. Like, if I took one out, he's not going to notice that that one issue from 1976 is missing out of there right now. Yeah, right? right. As a 12 year old boy. Well, I got greedy. I started getting like four or five at a time and I was putting them between the mattress on my bed. Like, so, and what Think I was less hairy. What, what I was doing though, was I was cutting out the like center folds what is wrong? and Bruh. cutting out pictures. I was Murdered. selling them at lunch to buy baseball cards. Murdered. Hmm. I was selling them. I, like, I was literally cutting The reason your father kept them. Putting them in my trapper keeper. Being an entrepreneur. And I was at the bus stop at lunch. I was selling centerfolds. You were peddling porn. I was peddling porn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's so I, I, was, I was selling this. I was buying baseball cards. Well... So I go for a sleepover at a buddy's house and my dad goes to sleep in my room because he's snoring whatever mom says, like, you need to go. So he's, Garrett's at a sleepover. I'll go sleep in his bed. My dad comes down and mind you, apparently I had so many under there that like there was a hump in the bed. Well, my dad like wakes up in the morning and tells my mom, like, my back is killing me. Like, you got to go buy Garrett a new bed. Like, he has the worst mattress I've ever slept on in my life. Like, this is terrible. So my mom goes upstairs. My mom, you know, being conservative and everything, is just like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, she'll flip my, my mattress. Try to save a couple of bucks. Flip save the a mattress. couple of bucks. Flip the mattress. I'll bet his mattress needs to be We've never done this. We haven't done this since we moved here. So my mom... Yeah, my wife's like, don't do it. Yeah, I already did it. Too it's, late. It's happening. So my mom flips the mattress. Well, guess what my mom finds? She's like, oh, my dad's Playboys are like under my mattress. So I come home and my mom's like, I get set down in my room with my mom. She's like, so you want to explain this to me? I don't know where I came up with this genius ass response, but I was literally like, well, yeah, I mean, I found these magazines in dad's closet of all these naked women and like him looking at other naked women's cheating, right? And she's like, I was like, so I've been cutting out all the pictures of the naked women and my mom's just like, like not what she was expecting to hear from her 12 year old son, right? Like, so my mom's like, your dad is gonna kill you if he ever finds out you did this. Like, okay, like, we're, we're going to handle this, but, like, 
don't touch your father's magazines ever again. I was so what did you do? Did you okay. just put him back? No. So then we were getting ready every three years we moved because he worked in the government. Mom's like, we're getting ready to have a garage sale. We're going to put all... I'm going to make your dad sell his collection. So my dad is never literally selling a Playboy collection in the garage sale, right? So he's got like... I mean, there are huge boxes of this filled up with Playboys. And I remember this old man came up and he's like, he sees them. And like, my dad had it in the corner with like a sign like 18 and up or whatever on it. Like, who's, I mean, you could only do this in like the early 90s. Sell Playboys at a garage sale, right? I've seen them at antique malls, but yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, like, this is happening in the 90s. Yeah. Like, he's selling Playboys at a garage sale. So this guy comes up and he's like, man, I'll give you like $500 for all of them. My dad's like, mm, you know, he's like negotiating with the guy. Well, my dad eventually sells this guy. And, like, my mom's like, well, the moving trucks show up tomorrow. We're moving. Like, this guy's not going to have time to go through there and find all the ones where you cut out. Like, I mean, I sold the Cindy Crawford Playboy for, like, 125 bucks when I was 12 years old. Like, every dude in my school wanted that Playboy. I mean, it was Cindy Crawford. I mean, I bought this, like, super badass top stadium club baseball card set with that. Like, I was so proud of that. Like... But, like, yeah, so they all got sold. We moved. So if dude realized that, like, half those magazines had been, like, shredded, never found out because we, we moved after that. At, uh, but during that move, this is where I was actually going okay. with the toy story. I had two boxes in the back of the garage. Like, we had this curtain on the back of the garage, right? That was, like, stuff that was going to the movers, like, do not sell, do not touch. Yeah. Well... The Playboys, obviously, were, like, kind of in this corner. Well, the two big, like, wardrobe boxes behind that were my toys from my childhood. All my Star Wars, all my G.I. Joe, all my He-Man, all my Thundercats. All of that was in these boxes. I mean, I had all that shit. And I even had the old, like, Castle Grayskull and all that. And Skeletor, like, talking to the mic thing. Like, it was badass. The guy saw that when he was digging through it, opened one of those boxes, saw the toys, and my dad was like, and he saw those, he's like, hey, if I buy the Playboy collection, how much for the toys? And my dad was like, oh, well, I mean, those aren't really for sale. He's like, no, how much? He's like, I'll give you $250 for each box, so like $500. And my dad's like, shit, I can make you $500. My dad sells it to him. I come home, my dad's like so happy. He hands me $500, and I'm like, how did I make five? I didn't have that much shit of mine in the garage, so I was like, how did I make $500? He's like, no, this is your cut. I sold all your toys for $500. I was like, you did what? I was like, that said, do not sell. That was behind the curtain. He goes, yeah, I know, but this guy gave me $500 for all your junk toys from when you were a kid. I was like, do you realize that those toys were worth, like, even back then, they were worth like two or three grand. I was like, I had, I even had like starting lineups that were like unopened that I just never opened because I collected baseball shit. And I was like, man, I was smoked. I was so mad. I was like, but then I also knew like, I can't go to this neighbor down the way and be like, yo, I want my toys back. Here's your $500 because then if he finds out about the Playboys, like I'm double screwed. So like, yeah. That's how I lost all my like childhood toys. It's karma. That's actually mm-hmm. karma. That's a direct karma right there. Mm-hmm. Your dad did what you did to him. Mm-hmm. And didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. Woo! Did your dad ever find this out? He did. No. 
Never. Never. And he died when I was 24, so. I sold my G.I. Joe collection before I moved here. And that was, that was very. I have all of mine. Very. Oh, I was, I'm talking about original ones that I bought. Oh, I don't have the big ones. I have the. I had the little ones. Three-fourth. Yeah, that's, so. that's all I collected. I didn't care about that. That's back when toys actually, G.I. Joe and Transformers looked so real. I actually almost had an actual metal, actual Optimus Prime with trailer. With trailer, didn't have a box though, and the, and the guy got rid of it. But my GI Joe collection, it was ridiculous. Three Sky Strikers, all that. I mean, and I just wanted as much money as I possibly have so we can relocate to Dallas, and I got rid of everything. I forget what I bought. I got a bag from it's called Second Avenue in uh, there. They're on the East Coast uh, thrift store. I bought a big bag of those three and three and three quarter inch guys. Yeah, and I paid my rent that month for four dollars. I, I, I sold them because they were doubles of what I had already, but they okay. had a couple of really rare ones, like the mail-away. I forgot what they had. They had the fridge and a couple other ones. That oh, were like the, the fridge? Man, <laughs> refrigerator Perry, G.I. Uh-huh. Joe? Yeah. But I, I flipped the bag for, uh, it was $4. I flipped it for 1100 Yeah, that's about, that was yeah. Like, so, yeah. That's why I love thrift stores. I, I, I thrift store all the time. Like, I, like... Everything is thrift stores with me and stuff like that. I, I always, and, and I'm about to start selling all my stuff now because uh, it's house time and my collection has now shifted to um, bourbon. And so, like, I have bourbon and all the bourbon advertising and stuff like that. And the house is going to be centered around that. Uh, luckily, I'm marrying the right person. And uh, uh, the I have no reason to keep the toys anymore. They, they just don't do anything for me anymore. No. That's what it was with me. I, I got to the point to where I had to let it, something, things. I did that with my autograph collection because, to me, like, autographs, like... But my, my dad bought most of these stuff, like QVC and stuff like that. Like, I still kept the balls where we went to spring training and stuff like that together. But balls that he bought for me that were Christmas presents, stuff like that, like, I got rid of that stuff eventually. I, uh, I will not sell my baseball card collection. Like, that is one thing that is still completely off limits. Like, that sits in my closet. and Mine's going to go. Mine's I have a house. Got to have somewhere to live. I have probably seven hundred fifty thousand baseball cards. Like I'm not. I, I'm not. We should talk. You want to buy mine? Yeah, maybe. I'll or go, maybe I I'll got, trade you bourbon. I'll trade tubs. you bourbon. Actually, that's it. You know what? I might trade you. I'm bourbon not, for I'm not it. even kidding you. I have massive tubs of shit that I don't know what's in. What's in them? There's stuff I know what I have. So my one of my favorite. I, I have, have massive a, amounts of duplicates, picks, all kinds of stuff. I will trade you for baseball cards. Uh, my wife is going to lose her mind right now on the comments. Watch. I'm looking right now to see if she's going to say I'm, something. I'm willing to do that because you could get rid of a ton of. Bo- I have boxes and boxes of baseball cards in the back, and, and yeah. you can just have them. Like we'll, we'll figure something out. Are you into anime at all? No, not in anime. No, okay. I'm not that geeky. That's not my level of geek. Okay. I want Star Trek. I never went Star Wars. I never did Lord of the Rings. Uh, but I do. What's have... your friends with Evan? Huh? Evan has like one oh. ring to rule them all. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> I can't sit through. There's my one Evan joke for the day. Um, but uh, I have. I mean, like, dude, base- we should talk baseball cards. All right. Because I also have. Um, I have autographs from everybody too. But my favorite. So I rank my top finds from Salvation Armies. And I think one of my top finds ever, my buddy, uh, he was like a, uh, he's like a, a, it's just like an actor in, in Austin. And he's like, and he grew up in Alabama. And he goes, dude, 
I just got the Michael Jordan Triple uh, A card, the the Barons Michael uh-huh. Jordan card. Yeah, yeah. Because they got all the sets in at the Salvation Army. I go, what do you mean they got all the sets in at the Salvation Army? He goes, they're like ninety nine cents a set for like the team sets that were like packed uh-huh. from like what was that ninety two when he was in the. And I go. Yeah, the Birmingham huh. Barons or something like that. I have that. I have that set. So I go. I went, who else was ninety two? And I go. Oh, Derek Jeter, and uh, Alex Rodriguez, and uh, and uh, Mariano Rivera. Yeah. So I got the Tampa Yankees. I got Derek Jeter's first uh, baseball card, like in probably mint. It, it could be graded. I, I don't even know. I bought it mm-hmm. for ninety nine cents in a set, and it's like his his single A Tampa Yankees card. Yeah. That's like worth at least three hundred. Uh, but if it's graded, it's like through the roof. Whatever. Yeah. It's worth. But like, there's stuff. I mean, those minor league cards in the late '80s, early '90s, just for whatever reason, like they started pumping them out like upper deck. You know, like they, they start coming out because like Atlanta had the hottest farm club system in the mm-hmm. world at the time, and the Yankees wasn't bad. And they started pumping that stuff out like crazy. I have all the Mets autographs. I have all sorts of, I have just like, I have crazy, crazy stuff that, so when I worked at Social Security, I, I, did, I wrote policy for Social Security for a while, and I had lots of free time on my hands because nobody works at Social Security. I collected all the 500 home run hitter autographs except for like uh, Babe Ruth and, is it Lefty Grove? Was that another yeah. one? Those are the two that I couldn't get because they were just so expensive. Yeah. But everybody else I got. And like, I got like, um, one of the old QVC Steiner Sports, uh, Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle signed photos. I got that for like a hundred bucks back in the day. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just like, I cleaned house on autographs. I, I have, and I have everything you could possibly want autograph wise. Like, it's just like, but the baseball cards, dude, I have so many that you'd probably be angry at me about how I've stored some of them. Cause I'm angry at me about how I stored some of them, but I just like put them all in, but you guys. <laughs> I mean, literally, you could probably get a steal from me, and your wife will be very upset. But, like, if you want to, like, trade for bourbon, and I'll just give you, like, tubs to go home with, you could fill a car with tubs. I'm, I'm, I'm down. That would make me very happy, because I'm going to have to move all this stuff pretty soon, and mm-hmm. baseball cards are heavy. Mm-hmm. Did you read Sarah's comment? Don't you I dare. don't know what you're Is talking it, don't about, you dare? Biz. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Biz. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention to my guest and talking and not really reading comments right now. I just, I mean, that is, I am, because I have a section. I just went through all of the boxes. I have, my entire garage is a storage facility right now. We don't have a car in it. And I have gone through and sectioned out the stuff that I want to keep and the stuff I don't want to keep. Yeah. And it's very It's a pain in the ass. I, 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 you know, until 1996, I moved every three years of my life. So I, I know what it is like to be told, like, you get this many boxes or you get this much space uh-huh. for your stuff. And everything else, you got to decide. Does it make the cut or not? And, you know, honestly, I've been trying to do that more. My younger brother moved to California for, like, his first time really, like, completely be on his own and became, like, this minimalist. He now lives in Hawaii. And when he first moved to Hawaii, he moved out there and lived out of a van. So he even became more minimalist. It was like, I get five T-shirts. I get two polos, three long sleeve shirts, one dress shirt, two hoodies, three pairs of jeans, three pairs of shorts, two swim trunks, underwear, socks. And like he compartmentalized his life and was just like, this is all I need. Like everything else really doesn't matter. And I found a certain beauty in that. Like going like, I don't think I could do that. Like, 
That is like so extreme of anything I've ever done in my life. Like, but I try to do that now. Like, I've been bad about it lately. Uh, sorry, Adrian. I had to like cut down on my cigars and guns t-shirt subscription because a new t-shirt every month didn't allow me to abide by my rule because for a while there I was, if I bought a new t-shirt, I had to get rid of one. So I would donate one to Salvation Army or whatever, you know, fill my bag, like clean my closet like three times a year. Well, I couldn't do it anymore. Like I was getting a new t-shirt every month. And I was like, I'm not ready to get rid of that. Like I've already done the weeding out. Like I can't find logic or reason to do this yet. Like, so, but I admire what he does. Like he's still to this day, even though he's not living in the van anymore, he has his own place now, but like, the amount of simplicity he can have in his life to me is it's a beautiful thing but like it's i don't think i could do it like not to that level like even if i had to the other the other side of things that i don't know if we're going to get rid of them or not um i so every day after law school i used to go to the salvation army coming out of baltimore city and it was buy two get one free records and they were a dollar a piece and then half price days was so was buy two get one free for what a dollar so i get three for a dollar Dude, I have every original pressing of everything. And there's stuff that I would just buy. And I don't know if it's Joni Mitchell or somebody, but, like, uh, the wife is going through it, and she's like, that's worth $200. First, she's, like, put them. She's like, oh, that's a good one, blah, blah, blah. And I go, that's, like, an original pressing, you know. And she's like, what? And she, like, pulls it out. She goes, this is worth, like, $250. Like, one of them, she's like, this is, like, $250. This is $200. And we're, like, going through them. And I just have piles of records. And so we're going to go through and probably... So, like, I have some really cool ones. So I have, like, uh, the original Johnny Cash, Folsom County Prison. Yeah. I have, like, all, like, the cool... I have, like, every every Beatles, every blah, blah, blah. Like, Rolling Stones. All right. I want to talk to you about vinyl, too, before you uh, make that move on vinyl. I I literally have... That's that's more expensive. Especially if you have, like, CCR. Like, I I, I I love CCR stuff. There's no doubt that I have them. I, I have literally everything. I... Records are the bane of my existence because I have at least a thousand records, at least, mm. um, and moving them. They're heavier than baseball cards and books, and I, they're not coming with me. Um, Al's going to have to pick what she wants, and then we'll go from there because I have a couple that I want, and that's it. And like, because I have like the original Ghostbusters, and I have like, I have the goofy yeah. stuff too. And, but I have singles for like, man, if you know a gay dude who's into like Madonna, I have like all the like, the 12-inch singles, like all the stuff that was at the radio station. There was one time... I, I might be able to help you with that. Really? Yeah. Well, I, uh, I went to uh, Fort Lauderdale once, and when I went to the Salvation Army, it's right by the airport, I learned that I brought 80 pounds of records home with me because I had to weigh them to get them on the plane to get home. <laughs> but I went, to the, I went there, and they had just gotten an entire old radio station's collection in. And mm. I sat on the floor at the Salvation Army. I was there for three hours. And went through everything and just pulled anything that seemed like it was something. And so I have everything. And I have sealed stuff. I have signed stuff. I have like, I mean, literally. And the most I ever paid for a record, I think, was $2. See, I'm still mad at iTunes because I had a friend that I used to work with that his cousin or uncle was a top 100 DJ for five decades. And he knew how into music I was. So he was like, go buy a hard drive. And this was like late 2000s like let's say 2007 2008 ish and i came over to his house and he's like cool give me the hard drive give me the hard drive he's like i have my uncle's collection on this one computer he's like 
This is every top 100 from like 1950 to like 1990. <laughs> That's like awesome. 40 years of top 100 from his uncle or whatever that was a top 100 DJ. And he downloaded it all. And I spent, I can't tell you how many hours loading that into iTunes, got it all loaded, bought some bullshit like side program that would like put the, I could import the album cover, you know, cause like when you oh, did yeah. that back then, it was all wonky because you didn't buy it through them. So they really didn't want it in their system, but they wanted it, but they might not have had the rights to like sell you that. So like being able to tie the album cover when you had your first iPod, it was like impossible. But I bought this program, did it, spent all the time. Then at some point, my wife lost a bunch of music at the same point too, that like, as soon as you click some kind of formatting thing or it upgraded to a certain iTunes, all that shit that I had like uploaded went away. It was like, <laughs> where did that all go? Like, that was my music. Like, that, that was mine. Like, it was on your platform, but That's that crazy. was my music. Like, where did that go? That's crazy. Yeah. By the way, the other side of this too. Uh, uh, so we're, we're, we're saving, we have the money for the house, but we're saving more for the house and I'm putting money away because mm -hmm. I'm going to build the lounge. There's a bottle that I want to sell that uh, I, we don't sell bottles other than in Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, no. But if I were to, I can't justify cracking my Pappy 23 that I've had for years. And so it's not the, it's not the $50,000 version. I know that it's like the year after, but like I've been sitting on a Pappy 23. I think it's a 2013. 2013 Pappy? I think so. Yeah, that's a, but that's, it's not, that's it's, a good one to have. But I just like... I, I will never crack it. I can't justify drinking something that expensive. I also don't like Pappy 23. Somebody gave it to me, and I'm, like, sitting on it. So, oh, you know 20, anybody? It goes to the house fund. You think it's a 2013? I think it is. Or 2016. Uh, it's, it's right. It's after the... Cause there's so a it's real not Sitzelweller. Or is no, no, it Sitzelweller? No, 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 no. No, if it was, I, I would have had that on a Tiffany's auction or something. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you're it's right, right there. You're right not, around the not, line. Maybe it's 2016. It's one of those years because it has the laser etching on it, and I looked it up because yeah. when my friend gave it to me, I'm like, there's no way. It was a, it was a big person. I have some guys I can put you in touch with that can help you. But I just want to, yeah, because that's, like, the only one I want to sell. I could care less about the other ones, but mm. I will never touch that because I don't like that juice enough. It is not a – that bottle is probably six or 7,000 or something like that. But like, you should drink it at your bachelor party. No. No, there's nothing worth that. <laughs> you know about the Mike Tyson tattoo that? on your face. Do you want to drink that at the bachelor party, or do you want to uh, basically build out your bourbon room? Like, I could probably get the entire infrastructure for the perfect bourbon room That's done. That's true. I would do that. Off of that one I would yes, do that. To have the that. construction guy. Because what we're going to do is, uh, and, and she has not been to the, uh, I've been to the library. Obviously, everybody's been to the library at, uh, at Bardstown. Yeah. But... Uh, I, the, she's the, gonna flip when she goes in there and sees what you have decanter wise and what's in there. And if your decanters were full, she's gonna lose her mind. Well, so here's the thing: um, the, the the old crow set we. But have you might be able set. to sell them your boxes. You could probably sell them your boxes. I don't know that I want to, because um, I have a problem with bourbon. But uh, I'm gonna, that chess set is gonna be the centerpiece of the room. Somehow we're gonna do that. The, the old crow chess set is gonna be the centerpiece of the room. I will say this: when I was going through that guy's collection, the uh, the dead guy's collection that I, I got a bunch of. Um, she laughed. Dead guy. She laughed, and I laughed because there's like really rare stuff that was in there, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, I have that. I don't need that." And like, so like, and that's actually what got the price down on a lot of stuff too, is because the guy knew that like I was like, "I don't want anything Canadian. I don't want this. I don't want that." And like, there was just stuff that I was like, "Nah." And there was like fancy stuff. I'm like, "I have that." So you just 
And so I let the guy price it, and like he gave, he gave me a fair price. He actually, I, I mean, so you'd have to look up the dates. Like I'm not I'm not going to be good on the dates on this, but I will tell you, like since you have this connection, if he has Crown Royal, and I want to say it's from like he doesn't. If he did, yeah. or Canadian stuff like that, they got bottled through the same people. Eight late early eighties to late eighties Crown Royal. They bought from Julian. They bought his dad's like they bought like an entire warehouse. So like when my dad and my grandfather were like, oh, Crown Royal in the late 80s and stuff. And like they were drinking it like, you know, like this is the greatest stuff in the world. It was. It was because <laughs> they were drinking Pappy blended with Canadian yeah. rye and stuff. Like it was, it, it, it was Pappy blended There's in. There's a chance my mini bottle is. From yeah. That. That's the only one that I got because all the other stuff is modern. So it was his drinker stuff. So the stuff that I got was other than the stuff that I found in boxes, including that Michter's from 1976. Um, which is probably the most valuable, other than the yeah, other than the uh, the gold uh, maker's mark VIP stuff. Yeah. Um, I uh, there's no, there's nothing really like the the Canadian stuff was his drink. His daily so what drink. what is your what is your bourbon? What is your what are your top? Uh, I'll do this because I hate when people do this to me. Yeah. What are your top like three favorite bourbons? Like not uh, not going like dusty or I old stuff. Like, what are your so, three dailies or your free regular hate, you like? I hate saying it because uh, it sounds like I'm a simp because the stuff is now hard to get, and it was mm. my favorite shit before. Which so like Weller Antique, one oh seven, yeah, used to be twenty three ninety nine a bottle or less. Eagle Rare was like fifteen bucks. I'm not a huge fan of Eagle Rare. Um, but I do have uh, 1.75s of it. I knew that I, I had a feeling they were going to start playing the, the allocation game with it at some point. And so I started buying it. So I have yeah. like 14 regular bottles and then two 1.75s that I sit on. I'll never need to buy Eagle Rare again in my life. Yeah. Um, I have some barrel picks of a Weller Antique that I, I'm afraid to touch because it's the best juice I've ever had in my life. It was uh, a liquor store in D.C. got it in and they were selling it for 99 a bottle back in the day. And I bought six bottles of it then. I should have bought more because um, it literally sat on the shelf. Yeah. This liquor store forever. I should have just bought a case and got a case discount. Uh, so that uh, McKenna Ten is always a, a decent one. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna try to mix it up for you because like I'm trying to think what else I like pull up. Oh, here's the one that like um, like Four Roses was the only one like I ever chased a vertical. I had to have all ten recipes. Have you ever had Jim Beam Master Distiller? Yes. I have three bottles of that. That's, that's awesome. My, that's absolutely like. Uh, uh, that's the one that I drink for special occasions, but like yeah. I still like, I have killed that bottle at liquor stores, not liquor stores, at bars. We were in Mobile, Alabama, and that was at a place that made like subs. It was sitting on a shelf where they make subs, and I go, how much is that a pour? They go, nobody ever asks about it. $8 a pour. And I was like, just give me the bottle. I'm gonna kill this bottle. I want to go I, traveling with you. Like Alan your traveling fight. experiences are awesome. Are we out of battery or are we dying? Uh, Al and I got in a fight. We were so drunk on uh, on Master Distiller Jim Beam that night. Like, I mean, we killed that bottle for eight dollars a pour. Like, they were, they were I'm like, gonna have to have you over the next time, my buddy. I, I'm real good friends with Alan Bishop from French Lick. Yeah, and he sends me his wild experiments uh, or gives them to me when I come visit him. Yeah, and uh, he sends me some like really wild, crazy shit, and it's awesome. I uh, I mean, that's my stuff is just like. I, I get to I get to experience some fun stuff. The only bottle I don't have in my collection that I'm going to get this year because I have a li- I have two liquor stores that are and two liquor stores in a major bar that are going to save me the bottle, but uh, uh, Rock Hill Farms. 
It's the only one that's uh, I've I've not been able to find on a shelf anywhere, and I don't pay above price for them. But I'm so tired of looking for Rock Hill. I think you're gonna be uh, what is the like Saddleback? I think Saddleback. Same same thing. It went from being like thirty six dollars. I think it's up around sixty now. Yeah. But it's the same same juice. Just oh, it is comes it? from the same warehouses and stuff. Like Rock Hill Farms is like. I've killed that bottle. So the last time it's I found good, it, but like again, I'm glad you're not like chasing it because I would tell you like I look for it if I find it. I you'll find be you'll it. you'll be disappointed. It's like what's the the caribou one? Caribou Set, crossing. Caribou like crossing. Shit. Yeah, it, it's terrible. Like but I got a bottle like, of it for MSRP and uh, yeah, and it's like what what do you want to do with this? Like we're talking terrible. about saddleback whiskey, like uh, yeah. these guys with the pig. No, no, no. You need to send me what it is. I'll, I'll send you a picture of um, it. I have one on my bar. So I, uh, uh, the last time I found a Rock Hill Farms, it was in an Irish pub in um, Louisville. And they had half a bottle for like, I think it was 12 or 15 a pour. And I just bought it for the bar. And mm. I sat there and drank. I had three pours of it. And I bought the, the rest for the bar. I just passed it around. And so they were so amused by it. They gave me, I think I ended up, my tab was like 40 bucks. Yeah, and I killed it. I mean, but I've seen it for I, back in the day. I used to see it for three seventy five a pour when I would go to certain places and have yeah. it. Yeah, and like that's just I really like that juice, and I think their new distributor, I, the new distributor has Eagle Rare Buffalo Trace and Rock Hill Farms. In yeah, that they're so I think it'll be out there more. But um, that's like the one. I just I, but my my three my top three, I, I should pick something else that's more like pedestrian instead of the uh, the Jim Beam. Well, you like Booker's. I do, but it's got to be the right one. 2019-3 was my favorite country ham. Country ham is so good. Uh, I So there was a... Here, I, I have a story about everything. Did you have the... Um, what's the um, tobacco one? I got the... It's whatever. Right the, that's really good, too. I if you like country set, ham, you'll like that one, too. I have the whole set of the 2015 because they had a gift set with four bottles in it. Oh, nice. And I went to... Last year, I lived in Louisville for a month to work on this podcast. Uh, God bless. That's going to come out on my taxes, and I'll probably get audited. Because uh, the whole month is a write-off. But I went to this liquor store in Jeffersonville, Indiana, and they had the four set from 2015 sitting on a shelf. And I go, how much is that? Just for shits and giggles. So much, you know, whatever it is. And the guy goes, nobody's ever asked. Let me see. And he scans it, and he goes, $1.99. It was four full bottles from 2015. I'm like, give it to me. Yeah. So, and it's in a monster, bo- oh, monster Booker's box. It's like, all, they're all in one yeah. box. Um, you got the rye in there? No, 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 no. Rye was a, rye was a separate because cool. that was that was Booker's last uh, last uh, yeah that deal, one. Right? I would still love to find one of those. I have two, I reason. killed two of those bottles though. I found yeah. one. I killed one up in Wichita, and I killed one. Um, and I have both bottles, empty bottles. Uh, there was a uh, barbecue place in Louisville that had it sitting on their shelf for like forty five a pour. And I'm like, how many pours are left? And like, like one and a half. I was like, if I can, I just get the. And they just gave me a pour and a half. It was like three ounces of it, and the bottle to go. Um, That's awesome. So like all the stuff, I've I've really lucked out, and it's just all the traveling that I do. I think is mm-hmm. you know you, you go around. And I look for like good bourbon bars, but I don't look for good bourbon bars the way that more, normal people do. I think where you like look for the expensive stuff and the bougie stuff. Yeah. I'm like I look at pictures like so I like look good bourbon bar and then I go to the one dollar one and then you see like what the bar what's on the bar and you're like. That place. And that's the place where usually the GM, the owner, or the bar manager buys the stuff because they know it's good and they want to drink it when they're yeah. hanging out. And they don't mind if you show up and you're not an a-hole yeah. and you appreciate it as much as that. They'll sit around and drink with you and like mm-hmm. they'll have a reason to bring it down. There was a bar in, and I forget the name of it. Um, oh God, it was in Savannah. 
and it was like a college bar, but it was a, an amazing whiskey bar. They had like a huge wall, right? Yeah. And I go in, and it's a busy college night, but the bartender was just amused, and the, and the owner was there too. I come in, and I go, you guys are making like, you know, like, uh, what is it, vodka sodas for everybody? And like, do you have this? And they go, yeah. And they're like, do you want to play around? I'm like, sure. So I'm looking at it. They had fucking E.H. Uh, uh, e. Taylor Garden of the Gods Amaranth. Or what? Grain of the Gods Amaranth. Yeah. For like twenty a pour, they poured it, pulled it down. Twenty dollars a pour. Yeah, they had a shelf of just E. H. Taylor, and it was the rare stuff. That's it was insane. like uh, it was uh, uh, what's the one uh, Rickhouse? Is it Rickhouse C or something? Was one like dude? I went crazy there. Warehouse C. Warehouse yeah, C. There tornado bottle. So I I had literally every rare E. H. Taylor, but that wasn't it. I mean, we had the whole like they yeah. had everything. And the bartender and the owner were so happy to bring it down. I think my tab, and again, like I didn't want to get dr- you don't get drunk when you do that. You you, yeah. like, I'm like let's play, and then I'll hand it out if there's somebody nice. There was a nice older couple. I got yeah. them real drunk because I'm like, hey, listen, you don't mind if I take a sip off this and then pass it yeah. down to you because I don't want to get drunk. I want to enjoy this stuff. Uh, I think my total tab was like a hundred bucks, and I must have had a thousand dollars of pours. Yeah, I mean no easily. Way. I mean if that that's Amaranth, what you were drinking. Yeah, easily. Yeah, so like it was just that was a night. That was when I was traveling the country when COVID stuff, stuff started to just open up right after COVID. Yeah. And I lost my mind. I mean, I, that, was a, that was a wild night. I gained 25 pounds out of here. I heard <laughs> every pound of it. I mean, it. I mean, it was just amazing. The experiences I've had, and I've had just about everything that I want. And then I go to uh, dive, uh, like, shitty liquor stores and go get everything and whatever else. But yeah. I'm talking to your ear off. But no, I, Are you I, good? I can go bourbon for a while. But So let's yeah. talk about your comedy special. You just, yeah. you just recorded one. I'll, I'll go ahead and drop this out. So if you guys go watch on Rumble, his yeah. comedy special, that is the place where we're looking at doing our uh, soon-to-be-announced music addition to Common Sense. Um, mutual friend of both of ours owns yeah. the place. I think it's a really cool venue. Um, it's a cool place to do something like that, bring back like the garage band type days. Um, Tell us a little bit about your special and wh- wh- what you plan to do with it. Uh, well, it's, it's up. I, it was, uh, they actually featured it on Rumble. They did follow through on that. I've Narf. seen by about 200,000 people. The, it was uh, their third comedy special ever, so they had Russell Brand and, um, oh, my God, the guy who played Goat Boy from Jim Brewer. Uh, and then me. I was their third comedy special, so it was kind of an honor nice. to be a third comedy special ever there. And, uh, I mean, it was just kind of, you know, I hadn't done stand-up in a while, I've done a lot of like speech hybrids and I wanted to do a full stand-up special. And so um, we just taped a special and it was really fun and, and I, I, it's free so you guys can go check it out. And, yeah, I said I couldn't um, make it to that. Like that was yeah, a, it would have been a good one. Uh, and I made old fashions for everybody there too, by the way. I, I, made, I heard. I heard you got a lot of people that I know really hammered. Yeah. I, I had three handles of old fashioned that I pre-made and uh, pretty solid. And I, and I smoked them. It was smoked old fashions. I found a new way to kind of like play yeah. around to pre-smoke the stuff and have the smoky flavor in it. And nice. So I spent a lot of time like making those drinks and I brought in a bunch of, uh, I mean, I, I got everybody loaded and we just had a good time. Really, it was a, it was a fun one. So Plans yeah. for the next one already or are you going to ride this one for a little while? Uh, I mean, I could do another one. I'm kind of content where we are right now and there's a lot of other stuff coming up, but we'll see where it goes. I, I think there's going to be another one and, and I really liked where that was. Uh, I'm charging next time. I'm not going to do it for free. I did it for free for everybody this time to be a nice fella. Um, but, uh, thank God. Uh, and so it, it was a gift and a curse, right? So I had, uh, 20 people canceled last minute, like within two days. Thank God they did because we wouldn't have had seating for everybody. 
Yeah. It was it was totally packed the place, and so it was. Uh, and how many people do you think actually were there? Seventy. Wow. So, so you, you like filled small... more people than I thought we could actually put in that place. So like. <laughs> yeah, it was. Pretty... I was thinking like comfortably we could put about forty people in there. No, you can do a lot more than. All right. And that was, and I think we could have had more people fit in. It just would have been uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, so that was that was a good show, and and it's worth going to see. Uh, I hate watching myself. I edited myself, so uh, I hate. Isn't that the worst? Like going back and listening or voice. like doing that. Hate it's my hard. voice. Hate my face. I like. I found this AI program that I've been using to like help edit stuff. Like it'll literally in thirty seconds break down, timestamp your podcasts. Like go through here, listen oh. to everything, does everything for you for fifty dollars a year. Really. It's I need to know about so it. so awesome. We need to have a long talk after this yeah. is done here, which we yeah. need to wrap up because Al's going to kill me if I'm in here much longer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we're, but, we're, we're, uh, we're almost 45. How have you done this? We're like on like uh, radio. I do three hours on radio. I don't know how we've done this. Um, but uh, uh, what was I going to tell you? My brain is shot. We need to talk baseball cards. Get yeah. rid of my baseball cards. Bourbon. Records. Let, let's, uh, for any young... Co- comedians that are don't do it venturing out there like give them some advice give tell up. them tell them what go to get do a, go get a real job go get a real job go get a real job give up now because you can't speak freely anymore for a lot of things unless you like get a niche like i i haven't i have my niche right so i'm po- i'm political and i get to go be in safe areas where like i go to specific clubs or specific things and like i don't have to worry about being heckled by, i think like, that's crazy you said it's a safe area i was like we still are away from politics so much just because it's not safe. I could I could view or say something about politics, and man, certain clients and stuff would see that, and like, man, that would shut shit down. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, it's just it's not it's not a safe place because uh, so many people have been taught that you, we can't disagree and still be friends. Like, yeah. we can't. We can't, help, we can't have a healthy discussion about something and be like, cool, man. Like, I don't agree with you, Tim, but, like, I can understand where you're coming from. Like, I don't see it that way, but, like, you We're know, not- like, I'm still cool. Like, you know, I, I don't understand that. Like, you explain it to me really well, but, like, I still see it differently. You know, like, and we just be like, cool. Yeah, all right, well, cool. You know what? You and I aren't going to talk about that. Getting me like, to talk about politics when I'm not paid to talk about politics is a, doesn't yeah. happen anymore. Uh, <laughs> I've learned if there's going to be an argument, I better be getting money for it. That's uh, that's the uh, wife's deal too. She's like, we're not going to be stressed out if you're not going to do it. But like, uh, yeah, um, it's really interesting, and I think a lot of lefties are shocked when I start talking about like police and stuff like that. Because I grew up in Baltimore, was trained as a public defender in law school, and. Uh, my opinion on police lines up more, I think, with lefties because of what I saw with the Baltimore Police Department than, yeah. than the right. I don't want to defund them, ever. That's stupid. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, when there are bad things that police do, police are bad. They yeah. do bad things. Everyone does bad things. And, uh, and it's just interesting to see like, the clickbait on both sides when that comes up. And like, there's always the middle, and nobody ever goes with the middle. But it's interesting that like, usually both sides end up agreeing with me when it comes to like awful things cops do. Usually both sides. I just like, oh. can't see why we can't say that like with a lot of things, whether it's, you know, any of the things we've talked about, politics, religion. I mean, you could go so many different directions of this. Mm-hmm. Why can't we at least all agree on some level that there's things that 
everybody disagrees with. Yeah. And, and just let it go. Let or no, or just let's not let it go, but like how about we just pick something that's like a little less and like work on fixing something that's a little less. Like yeah. actually make some progress on something. Uh yeah. Instead of just getting caught up in the like whole conglomerate of everything. Well, and and not been, stripping it down a little bit and just well, we've been trained that uh, by people who want to make money on us that we've been trained to argue back and forth and that one side is bad and one side is good and the best way to uh, fix the other side is by uh, paying money or putting eyes on the side that agrees with us on TV or on the internet. That's the clickbait society that we've yeah. created. And so that's really what it is, is stupid people have fallen into the clickbait trap of like everything is the worst, there's nothing in the middle. And uh, if you tune in to the people who agree with you, then that's good. And that's kind of like, that's how this, it's just all marketing and money. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and everybody in the middle gets fucked and all the stupid people fall for that trap. And it's just very important to realize that like, ultimately, I don't think many people disagree on, on much. I mean, that, that's, I mean, there are, everybody wants to get along. Everybody wants everybody to kind of live their lives. Everybody wants to be free to do whatever they want. And if you start from that point, and like everybody wants to be left alone. So you start from that point, that's a major. I mean, that's probably ninety-five percent of this country. Yeah. The other five percent that are pushing on the extremes on both sides, the other five percent are the lunatics that are that are trying to cash in on it and and are either are trying to cash in on it or, or have been so suckered in that they're sheep that follow along and scream everything they've been told to scream. I mean, I just watched a political conference, a conservative political conference, that I uh, that seems like they're trying to push like a level of Sharia law that I was told was bad by conservatives a couple of years ago, where like women shouldn't vote and like I mean this is that's like the new angle from the right uh, with a lot of stuff it's like women shouldn't vote and they should just be at home making babies and I'm like what's wrong with you yeah like that's nobody thinks that like that's like that's so backwards like I, I, how I, my mind is just I'm so blown my mind is so blown by like what people are willing to say for money now and and uh, I think it's the donor class and these old people who are trying to come in and like get people to say awful things and they'll dance for the money yeah. So, but the, there's a there's a push from the right to repeal the 19th Amendment, and I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Yeah. Like, that makes no fucking sense in any world. So, you know, you're going to talk about how great certain women congressmen are, and then at the same time say women shouldn't vote. It's like, shut up. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna move to the two. I'm gonna go with like two questions tonight. I'll do our staple, but I'm gonna also ask you two. I. Do you, do you have kids? No. I didn't think so. All right. If if you had a child and you know you could leave them with one piece of advice for today's world and moving forward, what would that piece of advice be? At a kid to give a kid advice right now? Yeah. You had your own child like young adult coming into the world. Don't pay attention to anyone else's career. It's the same advice that I said to ever that that I've been given by many people. Uh, never pay attention to what other people are doing to make their money. Um, do your own thing and, and lead your own path. And that's where you should be. That's what got me everywhere in comedy because I've watched people come in and go out, especially in politics too, and like political people who do ridiculous things for clicks. Um, it's very easy to be like, wow, why did they get you know a million views on that or whatever? Why didn't I do it? Yeah. Uh, the best thing is I'm on my own path and I'm going to be successful my own way and, and I ignore that stuff. And I think everyone... Anybody who's uh, coming up and any kid that's, that wants to be in a specific field, uh, ignoring your competition because you're unique and you're going to have your own path to success is the best thing you can do. I think that's awesome. That's, that's, that's great. All right. Here's the big question. 
Now, I have no idea where this is going to go with you, but like we talked about, the show's Common Sense the Podcast, so we like to talk about common sense knowledge you gained along the way, you know, something that's helped you in life, yada, yada, yada. But if you get a chance to give the viewers your two cents, it could be your two cents about... I don't care what's weighing on you, something you want to say, something you want to put out there. You say a lot of shit, so, and you put a lot of stuff out there. So, I don't know what you want to say tonight, but we have a segment that we end every show with called My Two Cents. So, what's Tim Young's two cents? Uh, Ignore anybody who doesn't like you. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your energy on, on negative things. And if there's something that you think is negative in the world, don't pay attention to it. Just don't. Like, that's the, unless it's going to personally affect you, ignore it. Like, I'm an entertainer. So my stuff, when I, when I post my opinions on the internet, that's my job, right? So, like, if I don't post enough for a certain day, I'll get on and make sure I say some things. And I always have an opinion on something. But there's so much negativity and there's so much stuff out there that, like, ultimately, the best, healthiest thing you can do is ignore it. And if you, you feel like you're being harassed, I, I don't understand. For some reason, if you're being harassed on the internet, say, for, I get death threats. Like, I know that I'm over the target when I'm getting death threats. That yeah. Way. You know what I can do? I can either sit around and whine about it or I can do this crazy thing where I put my phone down. I don't have to read it. I don't have to pay it any time. I don't have to give it any attention. And you shouldn't give negativity any attention whatsoever. A lot of my career, shockingly, is people who don't listen to that. And there are so many people who hate me because of my opinion. My basic opinion, like you said, I can take something that you say or anybody else says and say it in my own way and everyone loses their minds. And, And I don't get it. Right, because I just think I'm a normal person. Like I, I, you know, I've had some really great experiences in my life, but I'm yeah. just normal. The fact that somebody is losing their mind, or creating a troll account, or thinking to threaten me to try to silence me, or, or like we were stalked in uh, San Antonio a couple of months ago. Like the craziest people for me, just saying my mind. I don't give that any of my energy. It's yeah. like this is the most energy I'm giving it. Is like this right yeah. here, right? Like cause I don't care. There's, I could probably, I always look at my spam folder like once a week and just see like if there's death threats or whatever come through. Like, luckily, like uh, Google does a good job of like uh, filtering, filtering that for you. Yeah. But there's just stuff. There's some people who have emailed me constantly, constantly about, you know, uh, why are you still talking and blah, 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 and I'll come after you. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Uh, Al thinks I should report him to the police, but I don't, I don't think they're ever going to do anything. And plus, it's really fun if you conceal carry. Like you might have a chance to use your gun. Um, but that's, that's like, you know, but I just, it's not worth your time. Negativity is not worth your time. We, um, we used to hate watch some shows, Al and I, and, uh, and we just stopped because like, it's just, we, we are so busy producing like positive stuff and doing really cool stuff that it's just, again, not to say it for the hundredth time in a row here, but it's just not worth your time. It's not worth your energy. And, and there are so many people who say nasty stuff. Like, I don't look at the replies. Occasionally, I'll, I'll, say, like, I'll see a nice person at the top who's, like, verified on Twitter, and I'll say something. Uh, once in a while, if I'm on the toilet. That's why he doesn't I'll, respond to me. I'm not verified. I've only had, like, 500 posts. Well, you got to send I know. I'm just you kidding. Got, you have my phone number. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, like, I'll occasionally, if I'm pooping, like, I'll, I'll swipe, and maybe I'll repl- uh, reply to somebody and, and drop them. But, like... Ultimately, it's just not worth your time to waste on somebody who is, like, full of hate and full of negativity. On both sides, even if it's a favorable person to you that's, like, being negative and whatever, don't feed into it. Like, I turn the news off. Like, and as someone who's worked for the news and who gets quoted in the news a lot, like, once the COVID stuff started and I realized how they were cashing in on it, I I don't want to watch, like, 
death and dying and like the red alerts and whatever on COVID yeah. every day. Like I, I'm, I got over it. I went and just traveled the country and had a great time. And let me tell you, where I went, everything was fantastic. Yeah. So and and nobody was worried about it. So again, I think my life has been markedly, markedly improved by just ignoring all the negativity. Yeah. So that's my living your life, speaking your mind, Who and having a good time. Negativity? Yeah. I mean, if somebody hates me, it takes more effort for them to hate me than anything else. I just don't understand, like actively holding a grudge or actively like disliking someone because of their opinion. I don't care. I mean, like yeah. I have, you know, my like, life is not going to change because you don't like me or you want to say X about me just saying that I think Cardi B shouldn't have the WAP over didn't even know Dr. Seuss. Yeah. I, I mean, like, know, like it could be that stupid, but like people are going to go absolutely batshit uh, crazy over it. Keith Olbermann once a week would be in my, my feed, like saying something stupid. And like, I would respond to him and be like, here, the old man's back for more attention. The unemployable old man is back for attention, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And he'd get ratioed. But like, it's like, I, I, why? Why is Keith Olbermann, who's a successful TV presenter, was at ESPN, he's apparently, you know, he's lost enough jobs, but he's probably worth a couple million dollars. Why, is he, why does he care what I say? Yeah. He should be big dogging me. Just leave it alone. Walk away. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming out for the show, man. Like, it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you, getting to chat. Like, I've had a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I got paid in rubles. Yeah, you got paid in rubles. As a Russian, I'm I'm contributing to the conspiracy theories surrounding Tim Young. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to meet. Don't do anything bad with that. That's the only thing I want out of this. I want to meet the principal cigars guy because I want to. I want to do something. All right, Darren Chaffee's a good dick. A very good dude, man. Like I and I think you two would hit it off, man. Like I think Darren Chaffee and you would be a good uh, sit down and enjoy a cigar and share some stories. Like you both are into collecting weird paper documents and you know historical stuff. Like you guys would definitely hit it off. Like yeah, that's something you both have in common. I love it. So all right, thank yep. you again. Thank you so Appreciate much. you being on the show. You guys, we're gonna have a great show for you next week. I'll announce it a little later this week. Leave you hanging on that. But uh, thank you for tuning in. We hope you guys enjoyed it and you gained some knowledge from the show. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a great week.